I'm everyone and no one. Everywhere. Nowhere. Call me. Podcast man. So also the last line of the movie? Last line. I did. Okay. We, th- an episode that won't come Don't out. Don't want to spoil, but yeah, you, you pulled this trick again with a future app. Now, here's the reason why. It's a good line. It's a good line. It's also not my favorite line in the movie. It's not my favorite line in this quotes page. Uh, the other ones I can't. I, I'm going to say this. I never said this before. I could not possibly disrupt the sanctity, uh-huh. the perfection of a line. Such as a line like, take the fucking elephant. Yeah, it's a good line. Mm. Right. Or, uh, I'm sorry, what's the other one here? What is it? Maybe I should be wearing a silly little hat. <laughs> yeah, that hat rules. That, that, that is, I that took is note good. and I was like, tin hat rusted, good? Well, it's just a funnel. He's wearing a funnel, <laughs> like the fucking tin. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, right, right. yeah, Ben, I mean, I feel like this is going to be a big part of this episode. Oh, I, yeah. I have to imagine you're whipping open the notebook and jotting down fashion ideas every scene of this. Ben, you've ne- never seen this film. I'm no, no, I can't believe it. We've been hyping it's it up extremely my shit. We've been hyping Holy it up. Fuck. I just feel like a lot, that, that, a lot of rags, a lot of that's a lot true. Of wet, rags, rags, rags bandages, yeah. old fucking '90s tech shit. You know, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Weird wireframe, but also just yeah. good henchmen. Good. You know? That's four days. Swagged out. Yeah, man. Yeah, you said it right before we started recording david a lot of bad guys in this thing and that sounds like a stupid statement but it, then you watch the movie and you're like this thing does it is but it, it like opens a, with bad guys yeah. right it's like yeah. a sampler assortment of bad guys too because yes. they're all dressed a little differently yeah uh some of them have long hair some of them look like your typical european mercenaries in suits some of them are, are, are like bald rough ruffians that's yes. great you have a man with a gun leg gun leg uh, man <laughs> I want to talk about Gun Leg Man later. Can I just speed around a couple more lines here? Sure. You have been a very bad boy. (laughs) And as IMDb says, punching on each word in brackets. Right, right, right. But here's like a line that just speaks to, I think, the skill of this movie. Right? And I I will attribute this to Raimi, to all his collaborators, and to Neeson knowing exactly how to thread the needle on this performance. A very specific, very difficult performance Mm. to execute properly within Mm. this movie. That this movie is able to properly sell, what is it about the dark? What secret does it hold? Right. Yeah, you're totally right. You're absolutely right. At the same time, my question is, did it properly sell it, I guess... To a mass audience, I guess the movie did well. It did well, but were people well, walking Durant out of that was being, able like, to return? He returned. Durant, Durant came back. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, Durant. <laughs> but like, returned. that's what I would love to know because yeah. I was too little to see this movie, right? And like, when I caught it years later, I feel like I'd probably already seen Spider Man or yeah. at least The Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I sort of knew, like, yeah, I know what Sam Raimi's sure. deal is, right? But like, were people just like, Dark Man? Sure. What's he? Is he like Batman? Let's go see it. I going to so. see it and walking out and being like, "I've ne- that was crazy," or were they just like, "Yeah, it was fun," because it's it's just so tonally it's specific wild, and mm. it's very tonally specific. But just think about—I think this is so much of this movie's legacy. Yeah. This is this weird post-Batman run of like we want pulp heroes, yeah, right? The, the, the radio, the radio hero. Right. I was going <laughs> to ask about that. This is this is post. The, it's the post Burton ba- Batman. Yes. Oh, interesting. It's, it's very, only obviously a very Batman adjacent. It's like, it's how can the, we get Mick Batman? It's only a year later, right? Because this movie came out summer 90. Yeah. And the Burton comes out summer 89. Yes. But, but there is that weird feeding frenzy. I mean, I think Raimi wanted to do Batman, could never get close to it. And then wanted to do The Shadow is the big part of the origin of this movie. And met with them several times for that. And then our old friend they made Bobby the right Z. decision because The Shadow... 
fucking ruled when oh, they made it. Sure. Really? Are you uh, a <laughs> I don't know. Actually, maybe this Russell might be one where I'm, yeah, wait, Chris, I'm, I, I'm kind of joking, not joking. I don't okay, know, actually. Yeah, I, wanna, I don't even know what I, I mean. I want to just jump that. in on your behalf and say, like, the shadow, I've listened to it, and it's like, oh, you're saying you've shit. listened to the, the, OG the, the old radio shadow? show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit. Like, because, like, my grandpa or, like, I'm pretty sure yeah. my grandpa was like, you're going to love this. On and the I, wireless, right. your grandpa yeah. made you listen to The Shadow? We're astonished. I would, I'm, I'm astonished that you have Heard extensive the memories of listening to countless episodes of The Shadow. Yeah, and I was like a kid with ADD, and I just was like, yeah. what is this? This doesn't like, strike I the point. sit still. Ah. <laughs> right. well, this was right. the thing. So Batman, because it was so like Burton, doubled down on this sort of like 30s, Art Deco, Pulp Hero, Radio Serial kind of vibe to it. Mm. When that movie's successful, people aren't like more superheroes. They're like more things like this. So then it leads to Rocketeer, Dick Tracy, Shadow. And I think when you're talking about, like, what was the audience response to this movie, David? Yeah. Those three movies were so hyped up, so much more expensive than this was. Yeah. And had bigger stars. And I think all three of them were viewed as... Disappointment. Serious disappointment. But, but, but of course, this movie probably made about as much as those movies exactly. did, right? They, the, all, they all topped out around the same The spot, difference is right, this is right. the only one that exceeded expectations. because it was yeah. made on a budget. This is yeah, a, that's, this is so a plucky little movie. So I think it had goodwill. Right? I yeah. mean, Say again? This is a plucky movie. I, I, I it is the, plucky. When I talk to you guys about, um, you know, I try to finagle my way back into the main feed here. The door's you just got to uh, my friend. All you got to do is you were on the main feed last year. Right? What, what did you do? You did Allied? Allied. Right. The great Allied debate of 2021. <laughs> was that we're, last? Or was that 2020? I can't remember anything anymore. That was 2020. Was right? It? I don't know. It was. It was. Don't it tell. Was. Don't I, yeah, right? it was 2020. It was January 2021, though. So it's been all, more than a year since you've been on the main feed. Okay. So right. I'm actually sorry for being back dismissive. Back on the main feed. Back on the main feed. I, uh, I was canceled into the Patreon Absolutely for a while. not. Absolutely not. Look, this is Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. I'm David. It's a podcast about filmographies. Directors who have massive success early on in their careers and sometimes... And are giving us a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion products they want. Wow. <sighs> Almost lost the thread there. Oh. Sometimes Almost. those checks clear, and sometimes they go into the darkness, baby. Very true. <laughs> it's a mini series on the films of Sam Raimi. Yep. Uh, the, it's, it's called Podcast Me to Hell. Yeah. Today we're talking about his first studio film. For Universal Pictures. And his first superhero movie. Yeah. yeah. A it thing is. that becomes a weirdly big part of his career. True. But an odd version of a superhero. But movie. also, right, kind of also a universal monster movie. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's, right. There are like five different interesting things in the soup with this movie. It's called Dark Man. Yeah. Wait, I just am realizing now, is he considered like close to the dark universe? He should have been leading it. This I is know. the biggest problem. Is Universal yeah. should have said, obviously, we have our classic stable of monsters. But let's officially induct Darkman. There's in. a new monster in town. Yeah. But yeah. like, do you bring Neeson back? Do you say like, yes, let hey, him, Neeson's hot. Let him be the Elder Statesman. We were just talking about this, how the Warner Brothers movies are now bringing Keaton Batman back to be like Elder Statesman, Nick Fury, tie it together. Have Darkman be the guy like, I'm putting together a team. From what <laughs> I... <laughs> um, I'm a monster. I'm a monster. With other monsters. I, Give I, me the fucking elephant. I was just looking up the um, synopsis of Darkman 3, Dark, Die, Darkman, Die. Another incredible title. Great title. Yeah. Uh, and he, it does end with him continuing to be Darkman. I was like, did they like close the loop? Him, did they right, tie no. it off? Did mm-hmm. he know? 
Right. He like he doesn't. He's like, no, I'm still Dark Man. I'll see you later. I think um, I was reading they did a TV show pilot too that didn't go, but sure. they were like gonna just keep this thing fucking moving. Yeah, I mean, like I'm sure there must have been someone who floated like an animated series. Oh. It's just like, but the whole thing with this movie, obviously, is it's not for children. No, but this is an era where you have like you did the have fucking Robocop, the R rated things cartoon. sometimes right being marketed. Dark Man, that would have been a very easy transition to just Man of a Thousand Faces, and he's a little less haunted Mm -hmm. yeah i mean another thing you didn't mention uh, this isn't radio but the saint had that vibe as well like a lot of those 90s action movies that were kind of like throwbacky the phantom's the last one the phantom being the probably the last one right in this wave and then by that point it we're like a couple years away from just earnest superhero revival from x-men which then hits its apex with raimi like there's just i mean for sure 90 to 2002 sort of arc to this our guest today is Chris White, back on the main feed where he belongs. Thank you. The great Very Chris much. White. Great to be here. Um, and, and and like I say, yeah, I, I, I edged my way back in. And I no did. And when you when you offered up Darkman, I you said. asked for Darkman, my friend. David told me you put a chip down. Yeah. Did I you mean, say Dark Man? You were very excited to do Dark Man. I was excited to do Dark Man, but I'm going to be honest with I you. I think I told I, you Raimi, and you were like, Dark Man. I was excited to get back in. I wanted to be back in the game. The I understand. Door's and I remembered open. it. The door I, is always I remembered open. it being on pretty constant rotation on either HBO or Cinemax when I was a kid. Sure. But I hadn't absolutely. seen it since. And okay. so, in part, I was worried. I was going to watch it again and think that it was not good. But actually, it was good. It fucking rips. It was really, really fun. It's really fun, and you watch this, and it does make you question, what are all these fucking big movies doing today? Right. Like, there's just something about the economy of this thing, the mm-hmm. focus of this thing. The but emotion. Also the the emotion, the visual inventiveness. Yep. And it's like, he did this for short length million dollars. Yeah. Uh, it, yes. You get yeah, out yeah. in under 90 minutes. Why aren't we doing this? And now, now, it's 96 whole minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. This thing is saggy. Joking. Yeah, but it, it's 96 minutes. That you'll we'll see it's in our notes, but I, that's why I was getting confused. Universal was like the movie has to be over ninety minutes, and he was like, "I really like an eighty-five minute movie." And Universal was like, 90 minutes, goddammit, minimum." It was in his contract. Raimi's like, "I think all movies should be under ninety minutes," and Universal was like, "Don't go pulling this fucking eighty-two minute shit they, on they us." We demanded, need to be able to sell it to I'm Hungarian sorry. television yeah. so that they can, you know, put in enough ads or whatever. I, the hell right, it is. I want to clarify they demanded between ninety-five and hundred and five. So right. him putting it ninety-six is being like, I. Just edged it over yeah. for you. All right, guys. Like, yeah. But also, I mean, we'll get to it. The story of this movie's editing process is wild. The yeah. final fucking story that JJ put Ooh. in the dossier is unbelievable. Did you know there's a uh, video game? I did. For the NES. So, and there, there's one for Game Boy. I've been playing vintage Game Boy recently. Yeah. <laughs> and I immediately was like, I want to fucking play the Dark Man game. Like $200. Well, this is the thing with these cartridges these days. If the if the game wasn't a hit, they can be I know. hard to find. Because yeah. I'm shopping. I'm getting like vintage cartridges a oh, lot. Dark Man's up This there. game looks good. It looks good. It got good oh, fucking reviews. Are you, are you opening the box cool. vintage cartridges, therefore destroying their value and playing them? I, which I would admire. I buy loose vintage cartridges. Okay. I, I don't even... I. Because I have that. Yeah, I'm, you're going to overpay if you want the yeah. box. Yeah. Right. Wait, yeah. damn, you're a pretty cool guy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what kind of guy Griff hold is. Hold on a second. Hold, wait, hold on. You're cool as hell. Thank you. Thank you. I God. bet you would even open a box, though, because you just don't give a fun. I would. No, this is the thing, because all the dumb shit I collect, sometimes <laughs> the best way to get it is in box, and I always feel like an asshole when I rip it and throw it in the garbage and don't give a shit. 
This brings me to my my first round. I just messed up because I promise. The other day, I was listening to the blank check as I often do out loud in the morning while mm. making breakfast for my children. Oh no! And my daughter <laughs> Athena. <laughs> my daughter Athena, age six, said, "Why do you listen to those guys who say the f word and the sh word?" Well, the wow. sh word. Wow. Yeah, and I said, "Well." Listen, sometimes people use bad words, but they're still good people. It's wow. all about context, right? That's so true. Connoisseurs of context. We are connoisseurs and, of swearing and, context. And today, as I said, I'm going to go and, and record this uh, episode of Blank Check. You're and Athena gonna... said, with the guys who, who say those words? And I said, yes, but I, but you know what? I'm going to promise you that I'm not going to say those words. And you already, you've ben, already broken just your, your solemn ben, promise. Bleep it. For the first time in Blank Check no, history. No, God, no. Anytime no, Chris curses, just drop in a little bleep. I mean, Ben. Put it in the episode that, that's notes. You can decline. Ben. You can already tell. He's like, I don't know. No, it it's notes. okay. No, no. Keep your standards. It's all right. Listen, this is me. This is my problem. My problem. Ben doesn't have to clean up after I understand me. you want to set an example for your daughter. No, give me a time code and then I'll do some. I'll cough or I'll say something like sugar Right oh, when I'm about to actually, say Actually, that's perfect. Let's get yeah. some ADR lines. Okay. okay. Um, so, Chris, so, you just want to do a run of just nice words. Yeah. yeah. Um, right now, sugar, fun, fudge, Christmas, Shasta, <laughs> Christmas. Oh, I'm going to say a C word. I don't think so. <laughs> <Probably>. Hanukkah. <laughs> Hanukkah. Um, donuts. I don't know. Oh, yeah, donuts. Yeah, I think yeah. That's, a good, that's a good okay. option. Yeah, I think yeah. we've got some stuff there. We'll definitely, okay. you know, use that if we I need like, to. But I, again, I have faith. I'm going to be more careful. Is, is your daughter the youngest? She's the youngest. When you're the third, you're, you're hearing all the words. She's got a... I, I know, right? Got a, it's, it's all in the air I, at that I, point. I've told the Austin Power story with my sister before, right? Probably. We were on, like, family vacation. Austin Powers 3 had come out. My sister was five. And my dad just wanted to see it. Right. Mm. And we didn't have a babysitter around vacation or whatever. And he was like, we'll take Romilly. And my mom was like, she's five. And right. he said, there's nothing in that she hasn't heard before. <laughs> right, right. She's five. There's a lot she hadn't heard. She's a city kid, but there's a lot she hadn't heard. <laughs> yeah, right? she's five years old. Did, had she had heard, yeah, baby. She hadn't, and that ruined her. <laughs> the, one of the final jokes in that movie is they go to the premiere of Austin Pussy. Another word she had never heard before. Austin right. Pussy, no space. Sure. Compound word, right? right. They go to the premiere of the movie within the movie in which Tom Cruise is playing Austin Powers. And at the end, everyone cheers. And there's a guy who stands up and he's like, Austin, Austin. And they're like, who's that? It's fat bastard. And he's lost all the weight. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So the skin is hanging off him or whatever. Skin's hanging off. He's wearing like a T-shirt and he's just got skin hanging off of him. And he's like, you look great. He's like, thank you. I feel so good. My neck looks like a vagina, though. Right. He says that. My sister's mm. favorite saying for two years. <laughs> <laughs> two so years. Not only had she not heard that, but she was like, she knew it had a I'm picking this joke. up. I'm picking it up. She understood the human body. She no, I, I'm just joke. saying, like, right. your dad was so wrong. She picked it up. She wasn't so just scandalized or whatever. She also was like, I'll be saying this. It's truly, like, friends would come over for dinner and they'd be like, Mommy, <laughs> do you want to say hello? And she'd be like, My neck looks like a vagina. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Um, that's, 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 what that's what I'm saying. You know, the youngest, the youngest yeah. kid is. I know she. Gonna... She. Well, she's grown up in a world full of, full of challenging things. Well, challenging. a world of dark man. I mean, this a world of dark men. Yep. Yeah. What lurks in the shadows? No, that isn't that. That's the, the shadows. shadows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the shadow knows what lurks in, in the, the heart hearts of men. of men. Right. I, like, yeah. I fucked this. Is that his look. power? I like I look. I don't his, know. His I, nose changes shape. I believe right, also he does to make have him look a facial transformation <laughs> thing. Right. The power of- I, but it's like what? Who knows uh, what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The right. shadow knows. Right. Yeah. That was the introductory line to the radio show, yeah. and it became like 
the tagline for the movie right. or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. What's his power? It is funny that all those other movies, by the way, post Batman. He can become invisible. That makes sense. He's sure. the shadow. But but Chris is right. There was a thing in that movie where fucking Baldwin wore a fake nose. And it wasn't just like for one scene. Part he, of his transformation. He right? does, well, yeah, he doesn't have to put it on. It, it is it is weirdly some magical thing about him. It, it, it's it's the Clark the Kent thing, right? On. Which is right. like they, they got around he that goes, by saying I he actually He appears. goes to, to like Tibet. Yeah. And he learns some sort of Tibetan powers. Right. There's an Eastern right. mysticism. Right. I'm sure yeah. this would all go over great now. Great. Um, the villain arrives in New York inside Genghis Khan's sarcophagus. The villain is played by John Lone. Right. Ian, Ian McKellen is in it. Yeah. yeah. Peter this, Boyle. This is a movie that would go over incredibly well if it was released today. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, John obviously, Lone, I miss John Lone. John yeah. Lone, a great actor. Yeah. Is he, yeah. Is he not with us? No, no he, he is. is. He just doesn't seem to appear in things kind as much of as he used to. Yeah, he retired. Yeah. Honestly, his last big performance is, oh, well, he was in the Jason Statham Jet Li movie War. Really? That's his mm. last performance. Weird. Uh, it is weird. I agree. Great actor. Uh, so good in uh, The Last Emperor and many other I, things. All those movies did the marketing. They tried to do the marketing thing that Batman did where you could just put the poster out that was just the fucking symbol and it's people lost It's a logo. It's a mm. face. Right. It's a, it's a very clear symbol. Like right. Shadow did that and Dick Tracy did that with his silhouette. And Rocketeer was just sort of like, what is this illustration? I mean, the Rocketeer poster is, is a beautiful poster. Do you like the Rocketeer? I do like the Rocketeer. Another I movie. I do think uh, it's a good poster. People really stick up for that movie. Um, I have not seen it in so long. Good movie, but um, but I the poster's I incredible. Like it. But yeah, the yeah. Art Deco e poster right. and the very comic cool. was beautifully drawn. But right. all of them had My this God. attitude of you're <clears throat> supposed to know who this is. Like you should be excited seeing this image. Right. Darkman had a famous and very successful marketing campaign that was the exact opposite, where the tagline was "Who is Darkman." Who is Darkman? Right, and and it worked. It was like all these other it's like a more innocent out. time. Like I know, to say it, that now, I'd be like. I don't care right. because there's well, so many bits of content coming at me constantly. Yes, I, I don't do have time think to wonder this. They did a good job nabbing Darkman. How had no one ever done that before? What a good fucking Because it is name. a pretty good name. It's simple. Yeah. I don't know. It's grabby. Yeah. Darkman. Darkman. And it's you dark. ask who is he? And I'm like, I don't know, but I want to find out. Well, find out this summer. In, oh. Okay. In 1990. Yeah. The summer of 1990. I just think it's funny they did the exact opposite approach of everyone else with a character that actually didn't exist before mm. and everyone – not everyone, but people leaned in. I agree with they you, but straight. I do, again, want to just add the caveat. They all made the all exact these same, amount made the same amount of money. Right. It's just <laughs> that Dark Man was cheaper. This is just the only one that made a profit. It did, but the, I would say that there was a general audience level of interest in these kinds of movies, which was somewhat. Yeah. You know, and then, like, eventually someone is like, you know what? Comic books have sold en masse for 40 years. Yeah. Maybe we should just like do comic book movies the and other, not couch it sure. in this stuff or Let's whatever. just yeah. say though, like the fucking marketing blitz of Dick Tracy, right? Yeah. Well, that, that movie did a lot better, to be clear. That movie was a genuine hit. But, but also lost money. It, it, it underwhelmed because of its colossal budget, but that yes. movie did triple whatever any other movie we're talking but about. I, it you made also had so like much money. A year of the media yelling at people like, this is important. There's an album. Mm. Yeah. You know, there's a th the entire it, it was tour. It was a very, it was one of the most famous actors of all time. The biggest pop star of all time. The right. score was written by Steven Sondheim. Yes. It was a huge movie. It cost a fortune. Right. It made a lot of money. Had a video game. It's got fucking Dustin Hoffman and Al Pacino. Do you like Dick Tracy? The Beatty movie? I, it's been so long since I've seen it. I don't recall caring about it. Like, you should check it out. Okay. It's the best. Really? Um, There's this guy. He's got like a really flat head. 
Yeah. What's he called? <laughs> I mean, such a good post. But yeah, but this is what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're saying like they yeah. were like. There's also this guy. Sell them on minimal. Sell them right. on, you know, logo alone. What? And people just tilted their head and went, what? And who is Darkman? They went, yeah, that's the question I'm asking. We're on the same page with this. There's post. only one way to find out. Put down my money. Sit in a theater. Exactly. I know. Come on. You Can't see this? Can't ask anybody who saw it. Ben. You don't want to see this? Flat top. Hell Look yeah. at that. Do you see the tagline? He led comma. <laughs> That's pretty good. William Forsyth was yes. flat. That's right. Cool. Here's a question that was just yeah. occurred to me lately. And, and I'm sorry if this is provocative, but do sometimes you guys like movies not because necessarily of their inherent qualities, mm. but because of their strangeness or oddness in if, context? If a movie, sometimes, absolutely. If a movie, right. especially, right, with, you know, years removed, you're sort of like, this was such an, a unique object that obviously, right. you, you and I have these conversations a lot, I would say, when you, you're like, well, David, do you really like this? Like where, where we're talking about, you maybe have just rewatched something. I'm you sometimes know I'm wondering, do you like it as a cultural object? Right. And, right, and, and right. it's historical context. But I mean, no, sometimes. Dick Tracy rule. So good. Okay. I see. I will, I will so lean good. towards more fascination as a cultural object. I don't think that movie works dramatically. It looks incredible. But I look forward to doing an episode on it someday. Uh, I'm absolutely. maybe a little more fascinated by that one as an object than as a movie. But I think, it, I think it goes both ways. I don't know. I was talking to David yesterday about uh, uh, Masters of the Universe because mm-hmm. uh, I do the voice on the cartoon show. And I was like trying to explain a character to him. And anytime I talk about this thing, he's like, I don't care about this fucking action figure line, whatever. But then I was like explaining a character backstory to him. And the speed at which David pulled up the like He-Man wiki and was yeah, like, hmm, yeah. lore. Yeah. Like, he just liked that there was lore. I just like, right. exactly. I he just like that. knowing he was about it. Like, I like that there is a backstory here. And David sometimes, is sometimes shocking quick on the, on the, oh, on the Google or, 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 or Wikipedia. I'm amazed. Listen how fast he's typing. <laughs> no, but sometimes I do think I look at things like that and I'm like, huh, Dick Tracy's marketing campaign was wide enough that they had a character teaser poster for just flat for flat top. Eat lead I copper. like that. Yeah, I like that too. That <laughs> I like that, that happy. happened. Dark man, no character posters. Obviously. Well, he is uh, the character. Well, poster. I don't know. Durant. I'd, I'd see again, a Durant again, character don't forget poster. The, the, what, about, is what about iconic um, figure of Durant? Eddie Black. That guy pops. Sure. Oh, like you could have used Black. the first line because he's in a donut. Because he's in a donut. Right? Not yeah. because. That's the first line of the movie, which I kind of admired for. It's just. It's punch in the face. It's, it's, uh, yeah. 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 How do you feel about Sam Raimi? Yeah, let's talk in general. general. On general, I actually kind of love Sam Raimi yeah. uh, for his idiosyncrasy. Right, I think uh, Simple Plan is was kind of a great movie. Oh yeah, agree. Um, I think he, here's where I'm just going to get myself in trouble. Do it. I do not think that Jesus Christ. I'm about to say this. I do not think The Evil Dead is a good movie. Look, I've had other filmmakers say this to me. We we've had. We're not going to out them. No. Other people have said this. Well, they're like, I don't like that movie. I don't like those movies. Actually, one person I was talking to was actually, I actually kind of came around on one, but was like, I still can't stand two. I guess because it's so plotless and silly. I think there's some great gags in it and some wonderful invention. And, and obviously, like, the, the, what they're doing with so little. Um, but I also do think that there's some sort of genre elements that are rather... Um, uh, 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 s- sort of unenthusiastically delivered, mm. and and I think that there's some, some. So you don't like any shots. of the three? Have you seen all three Evil Dead's? 
Oh, Christ. Over the I'm years. I'm really fucking painting myself in a corner here. I've only <laughs> seen the first one, and this was just to get wow. up speed for this one. you've never seen Evil wow. Dead 2? No, and I'm excited to see that in Army I would of Darkness, check and I'm really okay. sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry to everyone out no, there. No, my feeling is Army of Darkness might be the one that you like the best. It's based on the on the on the trailer and snippets I've seen here and there. I think yeah. I might. Yeah. Have you seen The Quick and the Dead? Sharon Stone, no, Russell Crowe, Cowboys. I have not. You might know enjoy why? That. And I'll tell you why. Actually, mm-hmm. a lot of people because haven't we, seen that early movie. early on in my career, when I was, uh, I think my my brother and I were pitching something, and somebody said, "You know what? You know, like this is just not working." And I, you you, you need to see a movie called The Quick and the Dead, which we're making right now. Wow, because that really that really like works. Wait, I was wait. like. Were you pitching a Western? Like, were you pitching something no, adjacent? It was just like some, was just some like, executive just like slamming good. us, right? Like, you um, suck, and this is a good yeah, movie. Yeah, hey, listen, I'm, I'm working on a movie right now called The Quick and the Dead. And, and you guys, uh, you know, you want to know like the way to do these things, you got to watch that. How so, do you on some like level, he was being helpful? Yeah, he's trying to help me. <laughs> yeah. It's true. How but do so you feel? didn't see the movie almost out of spite because you're, you're like, a little bit out, well, out, out, of, yeah. out of trauma, maybe? No, I get it. Yeah. Oh, actually, this reminds me of another story, which is okay. I'm going to hit you with some some e true Hollywood stories. Please, uh, please. Let's it here. I know that we've got we've got like only so much time here. No, 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 but, no, 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 no. But I remember once I was in. Uh, 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 we were sort of pitching. My brother and I was early on, and and this guy pitched us something back, which is this is idea. And he says it's about this kid who falls overboard into the water, and um and there there's there's a pack of whales, and um and he he survives because the whales kind of keep him above water, and they he, he like eats the barnacles or something. And sure. so he survives, and then he becomes this champion Olympic swimmer. Okay. And, and this is the best part. He says, uh, it was based on a true story, I think. And, um, and I was like, and I was sitting there thinking, I don't think that's based on a true story. <laughs> I think if that's based on a true story, I might have heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> also, the confidence of that's based on a true story, I think. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, I, th- I think you're an idiot. Yeah. Now, wait. The f- I have a follow-up, though, and I don't know if you maybe, yeah. you, I don't know if you have the answer to this, but. Did he speak whale? Um, <laughs> Boy. Oh, the, guy, like, the, the oh! guy in the movie, he does. He can, yeah, do he can that. summon yeah, whales. Right, right, right. Well, the thing, and also the thing is, he's, he's very, he, and when he, as he lives with the whales, right, he's kind of raised by whales, he, he, he acquires a lot of blubber, right? So he's not like super fit. He looks like a very fat, fat man. And yet, when he comes to compete against Olympic swimmers, he's just destroying them. He's right? like a human whale. Because yeah. of his barnacle yeah, yeah. power. Wow. a human whale. Wow. He, just, he just moves his body. <laughs> In such a way right. that he's faster than anyone has ever been in the world. I think that's based on true story. So you, that, yeah, I think that's based on true story. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure that's based. <laughs> so you you think of, you like a simple plan? Obviously, that's I do. I do. I think it's a wonderful movie. Have you seen For Love of the Game, his baseball movie? Yes, I have. Okay. I have. That's the one. Is Costner's that Costner, pitching a perfect yes, yes, game, yeah. and he he injures his hand. Yes. Not, I forgot that's a Raimi movie. Okay, it, everyone forgets that one. Yes. Wow. Yes, he injures his hand, and Kelly Preston, I Kelly believe. Preston. There's a moment where he's flying off in a helicopter. And he's like, "I need uh, my trainer guy." There's no space for Kelly Preston right now. That classic right? Sophie's Choice. Yep. Do you take your trainer guy or <laughs> Kelly Preston? We've all been in that position. Fifty. <laughs> 50. How about the gift? Uh, you like the gift, Kate Blanchett, murder mystery Billy Bob with psychic scripted yes. supernatural thriller. Do not remember. I'm sorry. How do you feel I, about the Spider-Man film? I like made the, three of them. I like the Spooderman films very much. Yeah, yeah. I do very, very much. I and can, then drag I, me I, to I can hell? remember actually going yeah. with with uh, Nick Holt when he. When we, we, we were shooting Holt. about yes. a boy, yeah. we went to um, 
we went to Spider Man to get. I think I thought there was Spider Man. That makes sense because it's two thousand two. No, yeah, it was Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Right. The first, first one, one is where, where Bone Saw is in it, and it goes. Yes. Bone Saw is ready. That's is that the first one? That's the first one. Nowhere. So I, I took I took Nick Holt. Get ready to, for a full uh, oh, Spider Man. Excited. And we had we had a, a whale of a time. <laughs> Do you hey. have a whale of a time, a barnacle yeah. of a time. Did you look at Nick Holt and you're like, someday you're gonna test for every one of these fucking movies <laughs> someday you'll, you'll do be, like three but you're also going to be shortlisted on an additional 10 <laughs> someday yes this will be a, a, a fun part of your life no doubt it's which is like See, down, going down the final this two. Will be, you'll have those but then it'll get more and more cgi they'll over pick the and years. choose yeah. right yeah. someday this will be the only viable path to being a young leading man <laughs> in the studio system <laughs> and then drag me to hell i mean we don't need to talk about oz the great and powerful but drag me to hell is the other uh i have not seen drag me to hell i feel movie. Just, i think you'd like it I feel like now, like I, I've just been interrogated, and no, I'm, sorry, I'm coming short. I was literally in, just in, in, in the eyes of of check of of, no. of blankies everywhere, and I apologize. Who do you think you are? Yeah, he, Chris. how dare you cast judgment on Sam Raimi? No, no. Uh, Zena, Zena, were you a big Zena? Yeah, I, well, I, I didn't sort of watch it with like, like religiously, but I approve of it. I, mm. I really do. I think like great pulpy, fun, awesomeness. And I like Bruce Campbell, who's, you know, obviously Rami adjacent, so. It's kind of crazy that they never rebooted Xena. I know they have talked about it. Yeah. There's been attempts or whatever, but that feels like a brand they sh- it, it feels like throw If out. they announce tomorrow, like, they are doing a streaming, limited, streaming big Xena, budget. Lawless Lucy Lawless is in it, right. but also... Mm-hmm. You know, ex young actor right. will be passing the torch, right? Or whatever, but if they were like, we're doing right. ten episodes of like, I mean, yeah. the production will it will be too good, right? Exactly. The, 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 the like, thing about right. Cena, you're right, is that you watched it in the middle of the day when you're right. a little baked. It's and a you're t- like this is true. sick. They it's wouldn't use enough trampolines vibe. to have people thrown. Like, yeah, it was one yeah. of those things where you would be like, you're sitting on the couch, whatever you're watching has just finished. Yeah, you don't have a TV guide or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, next up, Xena. And you have that kind of 50-50 of like, should I go do something? Or, <laughs> I don't know. I could just kind of watch Xena, I it guess. It is also, it's funny that Hercules was so big. And, or, or Hercules. And, and then Xena just like. Xena ate its lunch. Yeah. It ate its lunch. Well, like Xena it, was more, right, it was like, right. I, this is new. Hercules, yes. it's like, I get it. He's yeah. Hercules. But, right? but I think people were like, this is surprising how big this Hercules show has gotten. And then here's this like character in one episode that pops so fucking hard that they were like, mm-hmm. is this insane to spin her off? And it becomes more of a cultural phenomenon. Hercules is like associated with homework. Oh, oh I see. Because me. it's oh, like Greek it's legend. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Hercules, <laughs> he, he like fights people with a sword. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, learning something. <laughs> I guess you're barely learning. And then there were those I, I quizzes that they had at the end. They, where, right. Like, it was yeah. like picture pages. They made you fill out the book. <laughs> right. You had your workbook as you were watching. Sometimes when, when you guys talk on, on, on the podcast about mm. watching things, and especially about watching things that are kind of junky, I, I realize how much older I am. Uh, than you guys and I, I see myself down the road in which in a, a world in which I cannot afford to watch something that I do not believe is going to be really really good because mm. I because I'm going to die sooner than you guys. Oh sure, yeah. Right. So it's like I, I can't I can't I can't watch anything ironically. Yes. Um. I can't I can't risk it. I, just I don't can't think risk I watch it. anything ironically. I think there are a lot of things I watch perversely. Perversely, yes. Okay, right. that's actually probably. The, I more do to the a point. little bit of box checking. Like I finally watched the completest. Doors, Oliver Stone's The Doors. Mm. Ah. I'd never seen it. Why? Many reasons. I was too young when it came out. <laughs> never really cared about it after that. Right? 
It's not like the kind of acclaimed movie people are like, you got to see it. Right. But it's also not the kind of nothing movie that people are like, don't even buy. Obviously, right. it's still right. a movie. Yeah. You had your whole Morrison phase, too. That really surprised <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, right. I'm, weight-wise, I'm in my Morrison phase. Not people, in any other way. People don't know there's a full year of this podcast that you did shirtless and leather pants. <laughs> and we just were like, let's not acknowledge. You're just like, oh, hey, we got to keep them yeah. together for the podcast, you know, man. Give him whatever he needs. The like, laser makes him sense. I've got this backlog of rewatchables episodes. Yes. Like, if I haven't seen the movie with that podcast, I'll mm-hmm. just kind of keep it in the feed and I'll be like, I'll watch The Doors eventually. Mm-hmm. So I finally watched The Doors. And? Four out of ten. Bad. <laughs> Kilmer is outstanding in it. It is kind of magic. His prefer- Have you seen The Doors? The I have seen The Doors. Like, Kilmer is so good that you're sort of like, it is almost crazy. Obviously, he was a movie star. Mm-hmm. But it is crazy that he wasn't more of a movie star mm-hmm. or that mm. his movie stardom was a, a sort of a briefish window. He's such an odd guy when you're like how big he both was and wasn't. Yeah. At the same and it's time. like it's not the yeah. doors wasn't a hit upon hits, but it right. was a big deal. Yeah. And then you watch it and he's he just is Jim, you know, and you're like, that's crazy. And then you're sort of like, but also I think Jim Morrison is this character in this movie when he actually probably wasn't. Right. Like you're also like this became so culturally ubiquitous is this is what Jim Morrison was like. Right. Mm. And it's like he was probably like 80% of this at best, right? Yeah. Like he wasn't this ridiculous all the time. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, actually this this brings me But to that's my... a perfect example movie where I'm watching it where I'm like I'm not really enjoying this. Why am I doing this? But another right. time my brain is like got to check that box. David checks off boxes. He's right. like I want to have seen every film in this subgenre in this era, this yeah. actor, this director, yeah. this well, franchise. Yeah. But I mean as a film critic Every reason to, right? To have yeah, this kind of. I know, but I do always caution film critics against, like, the idea of, like, just because you watched everything doesn't mean you know everything. Or, right. You know what I mean? Like, just watching stuff doesn't, like, it's a little bit automatically make you smarter I, I, I about this movies judgment. or whatever. It is also a little bit more of a compulsion with you. Like, as much as it does help. This is true. Your criticism. No, no, it's you true. Do, you're someone who, like, needs to be, like, mm. stimulated at all times. And you like, 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 getting I things I like there done. being some purpose to what I'm watching, I guess, these days. Because it is a little harder for me, Chris. I can't just channel surf with and the, be the like. baby. Why? <laughs> Because he's, because he's raised in England. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. What? All right. No, we're not doing <laughs> oh, that. We're not doing that. Actually, that brings me to... It's hard to surf uh, in England. Yeah, this, that, that, this is actually... This yeah, is a good a perfect time with you. Yeah, ben and I have some have an announcement. Have oh, that's a good point. Okay, wait a second. I'm going to eat a yeah. black I, Okay. Chris brought black and white cookies. But another thing he brought that I saw him casually pass to Ben yeah. right before the episode started was, in fact, an envelope. Now, you are a listener. You understand... The weight of an envelope being passed to Ben. Yeah. And we it, don't know what it says, but it, written on the outside is blank check and co. Is that what it says? Yeah. Okay. So um, maybe I should just read it, right? Yeah. Just please, okay. okay. Open the envelope. Yep. Okay. I'm seeing it, there is, in fact, type letters. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's very official. Yeah. Uh, form BC 1023, application to have bit retired. What? Yeah. Dear sirs and madams, this is to officially request retiring of the bit night eggs. What? From the blank check canon under the usual protocols yeah. per my recent discussion with Ben Hosley, a.k.a. Producer Ben, a.k.a. the Ben Deucer, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, good. Thank God, Jesus. I'm glad he yada yada that. <laughs> Fuck master. No, no. Uh, Be it acknowledged that most people think eggs are for the morning, but some people know different. Sincerely, Chris Bites. Wow. Can I see this? I I support this. Not out of dislike for the night eggs bit. 
We're yeah. out of worry for you guys no, that I don't yeah. know where you're going to p- take yeah. it. At a Ben's been very stressed by it. Can <laughs> yeah. I say? It's weighed heavily on him. Anytime Chris years. is coming on the show, Ben's like, do I write an entire screenplay? <laughs> like, how far does this go? I'm like calling Staples. I'm like, do you, can I print uh, 200 pages on black paper? David, can you torrent <laughs> final ink? draft for me? I don't like want to pay for the for software. Uh, <laughs> I have yeah. to say, this does hold up. It's it does. It, yeah, was, you it got our guys looking at well, it. Well, I just needed your guys' stamp. But yeah, here's no, the thing. And I, the stamp. It just was getting to the point where, I, in order to top where we had gone before, mm-hmm. things were going to have to get really, really serious. And I had thought about hiring, uh, trying to reach Samuel L. Jackson, which wouldn't have worked, because <laughs> why would he care about me? Sure. Uh, uh, hiring a Samuel L. Jackson impersonator <laughs> to do a long monologue. Uh, what was the other one? I, I, I forget what the other one was. Um, I mean, I th- at this point, though, you're saying in order for the bit to continue, you had to put uh, your career uh, or money on the line or both. Well, no, I'll, and a lot of things on hold. And, and I wasn't sure that I could pull it off even, you know, to the level of, you know, where I think we, we, we so far, like, like, a, like in a British TV show, right? Mm-hmm. They, they reach a certain number of episodes and they've done well and they just decide to, to stop. Let me you know? try to explain. David, in England, unlike here, yeah. where shows will continue for long 22 episode seasons, go on for yeah, I don't understand why you're explaining. Retired. Because as you can see clearly up in the rafters, <laughs> David is from UK, is there hung, right. next to the Joker. Next to the Joker. And I'm going to just now pull on this chain oh, no. and now, my home. Well, I want to say there's also an oh. empty gap for ding, a humble ding. brag, which was up, but then was taken down, <laughs> right? Right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of see fading, a little bit right? of a, like, fading. Yeah, it's kind of like it how Tom Brady retired, and then he was like, nah, right. nah, you know what, let's keep going, let's keep right. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm going to pull Plank on this chain, and that that will be, um, sadly, the end of Night Eggs for now. We'll okay. maybe bring it you down again. Know. Who knows? Maybe I'll actually write it. No, I would never do that. If writing screenplays is hard. <laughs> wow. So it's almost like it's homework. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no don't apologize. apologize Chris, if anything, it's a testament to how great of a guest you were. Because I threw some dumbass shit at you and you were so down. <laughs> yeah, but another and, testament is this printed letter. And, and I was you said. Printed out something. You have a printer. And I, I, have, I do have a printer. Humble brag. Color. Color. No less. I appreciate I color that you printer. went through the proper channels. Yeah. I appreciate. Um, yeah. That you, I mean, it was, it, there are no loose ends here. The irony, of course, is that Darkman is almost definitely a guy who eats eggs at night, right? It's got some night eggs energy. I it mean, does. The man oh, isn't really time. hanging out when the sun is up. So, it's How tough. does Darkman eat? His Bro. mouth is messed up. It's maybe my single favorite element in this movie that Darkman doesn't have lips. Yeah. And so he's and, got and yet, prosthetic teeth on the outside of his mouth. But he can form plosives and fricatives, right. which, which is a surprising. But it's right? weird because you're watching it and you're like, the sound shouldn't be coming out of his mouth. I'm yeah. just watching teeth yeah. moving up and down. Like yeah. he looks like a science room skeleton. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen to me. Yeah. He's doing all kinds of things that you couldn't. Yeah. But. But I think Neeson carries that off. I, th- I think the I think the makeup is it's really good, right? Isn't I, it? I think the, the makeup's makeup incredible. Is yeah. excellent. And we're talking about Bill Paxton really wanted to play Darkman. Who was the third guy who was in contention? Uh, the third guy who was in contention was Gary Oldman. Right. Also makes sense Holy at the time. Mackerel. A lot of like because all those actors are not that famous yet. Right. They're guys. But you could make them the leading man. But you could, but also they budget. make sense for leading men who are going to have a lot of makeup on their face for a lot of right. movie or whatever. Just have to you put know. up a lot of sugar. Um, Paxson said he wanted it really badly, campaigned for it really hard. Yeah, I'll tell you, the, I'll read you the quote, Please. actually. Um, 
I came very close to being cast as Darkman. You know, you never talk about movies you never got, but that was one I really wanted bad. And I made the mistake of telling an actor friend of mine about the role, Liam Neeson, and he ended up getting the part. Goddamn that bastard. Now, my thought is... Square brackets laughs. Yeah. There is no one else who could have played Darkman. I truly think as much as... He's I'm very like, well cast. There's a good Gary Oldman version oh, of this. Oldman there's a good Paxton version mm-hmm. of this. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The Neeson version of it is, across all universes, the best possible version of this film. And I, I think... First of all, you got Raimi tapping into the weird power of action movie Neeson 20 years before anyone else. Just his frame. His hugeness. His imposingness, but also his kind of cute face. And his gravitas of yelling things, the intensity that he can sort of conjure him, understanding how to use himself as sort of iconography. That he's a man who can give very sensitive, naturalistic performances, but he also Mm -hmm. understands when he needs to be like a color on the palette and use his size and his timber and all of that. The other thing is, which I think there's a quote there that speaks to this. Raimi was like, he has the old universal monster thing. He has that sad romantic quality. He does. Which the other guys don't have. Yeah, I mean, the thing is like when you hear Bill Paxton, I guess you think of Near Dark, right? Like that's the thing I would think of the most. And I'm like, okay, I can sort of imagine that. electric, he's a... You hear Gary Oldman, you think this very intense villainous performance that would be very, very angry and very good probably, but a totally different vibe. Mm -hmm. Right. Much more a I'm a monster vibe, you know? And it actually reminds me of that line. Doesn't Judy Davis say in, in Husband, it was it Husband and Wives, where she says, Liam Neeson, he weeps? Like, they're talking about how he cries, right? He's got he that, like, cry. bruised poet thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's, I mean, it's, it's the Irishman in him, not yes. to stereotype about the mm-hmm. Irish no. people, but they're all beautiful poets. And he's got, he's got, <laughs> I appreciate I that. Think, You're welcome. Famously soulful eyes. And this yeah. is a movie where, for a lot of it, his eyes are the only thing you were going yeah, to see unencumbered. Work. So like, uh, yeah, of course. You, right. His voice needs to punch through, and his eyes need to punch through, and he has that thing, the like the Karloff thing, where it's like that's what made that movie a fucking phenomenon. Is there some weird romantic sadness that Karloff put into that monster mm-hmm. that made him like relatable? Let me give you some context about Darkman. I always thought Neeson would be an incredible Frankenstein's monster. All the like, the yeah. last 15 yeah, years. Again, the height. When they yeah, floated. I mean, yeah. He's got the lumbering height, but he's got that. Who that was going to be it? In, was it Bardem? It was going to be Bardem. Or was he going to be the Wolfman? No, he was going to be. He was going to be Frankenstein's monster. In the dark universe. I think Wolfman Bardem was. Bardem was going to be Frankenstein. Yes. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, I can I just, see it too. He's he's got a, a, another actor with a really good frame. Like I, I like him. But the Neeson version, I just think. I mean, well, he's already the Neeson Dark version Man. that doesn't exist. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wolfman was like the last on the list because the Benicio Wolfman had happened. Right, recently. right. So right, they were right. going to let that one lie for I think a little mm-hmm. long. Now it's yeah. coming back. Right now it's uh, now Ryan Gosling is doing with Derek Sanfrance. Yes. Sanfrance. Yes. Know. Anyway, let me give you some context. Please. The film Evil Dead Two comes out. Mm. Sam Raimi is hot again uh-huh. to a certain extent. You know, maybe he's, he's not he's, getting $100 million right. movies, but he's, he's mulling projects. Crime was a classic sophomore slump movie, and now he's, he's reestablished himself. He really wants to make The Shadow. That's, mm-hmm. one of, that's the top of his list. He wants to do The Shadow, as we discussed. It also feels like, you know, he didn't want to do Evil Dead 2. He, there was a career necessity of, like, do the movie that can get financed. That's what people want out of you. It feels like he generally was ready to make the studio leap at this point. Uh, a little bit, sure. But who's working on The Shadow? Robert Zemeckis? Robert Zemeckis. Uh, because the movie that eventually is directed by Russell Mulcahy, who's the mm-hmm. Highlander guy with Alec Baldwin, that was, that's the Zemeckis project. Right. He eventually departs. But I think Raimi was like interviewing for until Zemeckis showed interest. 
Like uh, there was a little bit of a flirtation mm. where Raimi was in the room before Zemeckis came in. Sure, maybe. I, think, I mean, yeah. I, mean, I don't know, but uh, but basically, the way Robert Taper puts it, is it Taper? I think it was Taper, but who knows? I don't know. Um, who is knows? only only the shadow. Knows. It was just impossible because of Zemeckis, and Sam was just like, okay, I will try to you know take my love of that superhero and that genre of 30 right. superheroes and I'll do Darkman, right? right? You know, like Darkman is very obviously him being like, let me, let me plan that. There's that but story. much better for that, I think. Yeah, right? I think yes. so. It's so much better. It, there's that story that uh, uh, Tim Burton was supposed to do after hours. Yes, of course. Because Griffin Dunn loved uh, Frank and Weenie. Right. And they hired him and he was and like... And that led him to do Edward Scissorhands. Yes. The- <laughs> no, they were like in pre-production and then Scorsese was like post Temptation of Christ yep. was like, I, I'm feeling like curse. I need to get back out there. I need to make a movie. What are the scripts? He read the script. He reached out. No, it's not uh. post. It's I think it's the Temptation of Christ oh, had it, fallen apart that's, again. You're right. Yes. Or whatever. And yes. King of Comedy hadn't done well. That's and, what it was. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. That's what it was. It was that it was that uh, Christ had fallen apart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, as, as he is wont to do. And um, people really beat the shit Griffin out of that Dunn guy, went you know? to He comes Burton back though. And went like, hey, I'm... I, just weird Scorsese is like asking to do this movie now. And Tim Burton was like, yeah, so then I quit. Right. I'm not going, especially like, Tim Burton circa 1985. Yeah. Right. Get out of here. I, right. I have to imagine as much as Raimi really wanted to do the shadow. If you're like Robert Zemeckis coming off of back to the future and Roger Rabbit back to back. Right. right. Wants to do the shadow. I'm not going to compete with that. Yeah, like, you're not going right. to be like, so F you're, that guy. Obviously I, I Zemeckis is very, yeah. right. Very obviously Zemeckis hasn't even made, uh, Forrest Gump yet, but he's still sure. right. he's still king of the mountain. But Sam Raimi also says it wasn't just the shadow, obviously, because this movie's very sort of Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. right? Very Hunchback of Notre Dame, yes. like those sorts of, right. you know, I'm a monster, yes. right? You know, the, mm-hmm. the elephant you could never man. love me. Uh, yes, but the, he says that his first idea was more the idea of the man of a thousand faces, right? Thing, right. That mm-hmm. was the actual initial idea for Dark Man, and then he brings in the. And what if he's all burned up? And what if he's got it's, bandages on his face? It's like blah, blah, blah. a big part of why I think this movie works is that he's pulling a couple different things in and he's unbeholden to any source material and he's able to pick the best elements from like a couple different... And do it fast. Right. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. things that he loves, right? It's like, what do I like about the old classic romantic sort of uh, wounded heart universal monsters? What do I like about these two-fisted pulp heroes? Right. And then he had written a short story... When he was younger, yes, right. That he he was like, I always liked that idea of the guy who can make a mask, who can like be anybody, uh, who battles criminals, right. So he uh, had the doesn't, short story, and, and, and I back guess pocket. then he's like, yeah. but what if this guy right doesn't have a face? That's why he right. makes faces, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is cool. It's just like a perfect three sort of things to pluck from. He brings Ivan right, Ivan Raimi and his brother. Mm-hmm. His brother's a doctor, uh, Ivan Raimi. I don't know if you know that. A I didn't know he was a doctor. physician. Yeah. Uh, so I guess Ivan also has his perspective on how could this make sense or Which whatever. I've heard this movie right. scientifically accurate. So then there's yes. the, the Jenny Agutter uh, hospital yes. sort scene. of moment. It right? is funny that she pops in for one yep. scene. I mean, where is she? I mean, Jenny, is it Agutter or Gutter? I've gotten slammed for saying it wrong, and now I'm in my head about it. I was um, worried that Gutter sounds kind of pejorative. And it, I, I think a, it's a Agutter. A gutter. Jenny, I think a gutter. Uh, obviously a, a legend, but this right. is like post like Equus and Walkabout and all her, like your Logan's run. Like, she shows up for like five seconds as one of the tribunal faces in the first Avengers movie. Yeah. Like, I, I think a lot she's of... In, she's in two Avengers movies, my friend. She's in Winter Soldier oh. as well. 
I just think sometimes people use her as like, you know, stern British lady who says something important. But also a certain kind of film nerd is like Jenny Agutter. That's like, yeah, cool that's to put that's her in. Walkabout. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. You know, American Werewolf. You know, lots yeah. of... Anyway. Right. Um, but yeah, no. Brings in Raimi, Ivan. Raimi, comma, Ivan. Mm-hmm. They take it to Universal. Empty. <laughs> they take it to Universal. Universal is interested, but for the first time in Sam Raimi's career is also like, we have notes. We want to rewrite this. Like, it's the first time that he's ever dealing Ever. with the studio being right. like, okay, so can we put some structure on this? Right. Like, Because uh, so I think all the crime wave problems happened, like, during production in edit. Yes. So, yeah. so Chuck, because this script is credited to five people. Credited yes. to those two. Yeah. It's credited to Chuck Farrer, uh-huh. who is an ex-Navy SEAL, who eventually writes Hard Target, which right. Sam Raimi produces. So I think mm-hmm. they got on well. Mm-hmm. And then these guys, Daniel, Daniel and Joshua Golden, who were, like, hot new writers who never really amounted to much in Hollywood. No offense to them if they actually did. But like their IMDb list is certainly not robust. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people just kind of work behind the scenes. Right. Uh, and the Goldens uh, wanted to, they were like, they. I guess Universal was like, okay kids, what do you want to do? We want you to rewrite Problem Child. And they were like, we don't want to do that. We want to rewrite this movie Dark Man. That seems cool. And so they work on Dark Man and they said basically they had to take what was a lot of really interesting ideas and just turn it into a three-act story. Like, yeah. that's, that's the way to describe the Raimi script is a big, interesting heap of documents. Um, which, because my guess is, like, the Evil Dead style thing was more just kind of like, you know, we'll figure it out, right? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, right. you know, they were just not used to the sort of, like, we need something that is going to just make a ton of sense before there's the green light. It is just funny how, like, this movie has a tremendous amount of ideas, but it also feels very, like, focused and streamlined narratively in a way that we were saying, like, the the movies of this genre today do not. And I also think something like we recently, David, you and I went in for our uh, yearly checkup. Uh, Oh, with Dr. Michael Morbius? Dr. Michael Morbius. In in international waters, of course. Right. We had to, you know, just get a full physical. That's where his office is. Yes, on a boat. Uh, But that's a movie where you're like, this feels like, 18 writers and five different scripts cobbled together. And obviously right. like reshoots. COVID delays and reshoots right. and uh-oh, right. it turns out we're not in the universe we thought we were in. <laughs> like a lot of stuff like that. For, for how many different hands you, touched this movie? Have you seen The Doctor? Have you gone to see The Doctor recently? Uh, no, I, I haven't. I don't want to make... I feel look, like it's been a while. Chris, I don't want to make you feel self-conscious about your age, <laughs> but it is important for men over a certain point to Here's really go see Dr. Um, Michael Morbius regularly. Are you worried? Work? He's very sensitive about weight and yes, height. Absolutely. All that stuff. Yes. There's nothing. He's yeah. not going to shame you no, or no. tell you to calorie count or anything like that. Now, I would wear a turtle. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I just want to say uh, here his treatments are somewhat radical. <laughs> yeah, this guy. Life I, extension. I don't know if you know this, Chris. Most vampires are dead. Yeah, they died so, at some <laughs> point along the way. Rip. Right. Yeah. yeah. You made a vampire movie. Uh, yeah. All these guys and those are pretty dead. Those guys are dead. Those guys are dead. Not Michael Morbius. Did you think about putting Morbius in your movies? In New uh, Moon? Having oh, man. Up. He would have spiced things up this a lot. Is, he, actually, he could have been another, like, another guy yeah. who likes... You got the Volturi. Uh, right. And yeah. they're like, okay, interesting developments. And then it cuts to international waters. <laughs> Morbius is like, Meanwhile. what's going down in Seattle? Well, Dr. Carla, imagine fucking Carlisle. Sure, and vampire Morbius. medical conference yeah. or right. something. Right. <laughs> in like Vegas. Swap notes. He's like, so you're alive, you say. Uh, anyway. Okay. Anyway. 
Um, so you're saying we should see Morbius though, like as someone who hasn't it. seen it. Yeah. No, you're okay. You don't need to see it. It's pretty bad. The test um, results are back, and America has <laughs> Morbius fever. <laughs> I'm seeing not here. prescribed. In America definitely has some kind of fever. Maybe they it's do. Morbius fever. Yeah. Um, the Goldens loved working on the movies. They say Sam is the nicest director they ever worked with. The whole thing was interesting. It was Sam and Ivan and my brother and me, just a bun- bunch of brothers working on something. That's mm. what they say. Everyone's looking at their phones right now. No, I'm looking. No, for, I'm there was tell you, I, in the I'm, notes. Of it. I'm I getting have uh, chocolate on my fingers, some cookies. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting texts. I'm getting texts from my wife, who was on the way to see the Music Man with my little kids, uh, and who's stuck in a taxi. Uh, one of those horrendous kind of like stuck on one side of Houston Street or something. Sure. Mm. So she's going to be it's late. going to move yeah. to here, Gary, Indiana, or whatever it is, oh, and, and she sort of had this notion Shapoopy. how much the kids would love it, and this is a real major bummer, but. Actually, they're they're going to be fine. They'll yeah. see The Music Man, which I am seeing in May, mm. barring, you know, whatever. Humble brag. Um, and uh, say hi to your wife. Uh, I, she's the best. Um, let me see. Rob Tapert says, also, the Coen brothers. That's what I was looking for. I forgot. No, were sorry. instrumental right. yes. in building the structure. Right. I guess basically talking Sam through his idea, I guess, is mm-hmm. the way he's describing it. Like, okay. Mm-hmm great idea what you know what are the beats of it that right? is exactly what i'm impressed with so another in this set of movie. brothers a lot of brothers a lot of brothers no but i just think this movie for how many ideas it had how many different scraps they were pulling from how many different hands touched it it does just feel very focused it makes sense that the Cohen brothers yep. understood him well tight. enough were friends mm-hmm. with him knew how to sort of just like organize it yeah 100 percent. yeah uh I, he also says chuck farrow was best at the villains so I bet you Chuck Perry did a lot of work on this movie because a lot of villains. A lot of villains. Um, but anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the most interesting thing is just Sam Raimi. And like this is the whole thing with him, I feel like, as we talk about him. Is it's like, yes, the story is friends in the woods making the evil dead. Mm-hmm. But then every time the dark man or something comes up, he's like, okay, I'm going to... This is my chance yeah. to like elevate or whatever. To like, like you know, be... Hollywood be like you know to be taken seriously. He in some always new wants way. to prove himself at some new thing or in some new way, some new level. It feels like, uh, yes. Yeah, so like you know, that's just like he was very scared, but he was very excited mm-hmm. um, to you know. I mean, there's just lots of quotes basically of like, I don't want to just be the special effects guy. I don't yeah. want to just be the inventive you know horror guy. This movie has a plot, which is a new thing for me. The camera <laughs> is not a star. Now that's really funny. That he says that because yes, maybe the camera movement is a little calmer right. in this movie, but it's still pretty exaggerated. Yeah. J- JJ I, wrote in the notes, our researcher, he was like, mm-hmm. "Look, I try not to editorialize when I'm putting these together, but that's fucking insane." Right? <laughs> like he had five <laughs> excerpts of Raimi saying, "Like I really calmed down on this movie. No fancy tricks. I'm not focusing on the special effects." He's like, "What is he fucking talking about?" Yeah, Bill Pope. The Bill DP Pope. Of this movie, he's, and he's, he's a big deal. Absolute legend. Yes. One of yep. my favorite DPs Incredible. of all time, yep. or, or like one of the first people I ever thought about as a DP sure. when I was like a 12 year old. Dick. Well, that's, that's Dick, Dick Pope. Pope. That's Dick, Dick Pope. Pope. Holy shit. Bill that's Pope. the Mike Lee guy. I got this all wrong. Bill Pope Jesus. is like the Matrix. Uh, what else? Scott is Pilgrim. Uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, Spider Man 2. Amazingly, Team America World Police, which yes. I would always love to think about, like what it was like shooting that movie. The Freaks and Geeks <laughs> pilot. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Alita, you yeah. know, he's now in the Marvel. Um, he did Shang-Chi. He's working on Ant Man. Oh, 3. right. Uh, but he's always been yeah. kicking around. But this, this is reminds his- me of when I thought Brie Larson and um, Allison Brie. Brie were the same person and thought what an amazing career 
she had put <laughs> together. Like, God, God, she's in everything. <laughs> How does she shot Topsy Turvy? Shot Darkman. So anytime she um, dyes her hair, she's like totally transformed. Like, anyway, no, no. Dick Pope, of course, was famously once called Dick Poop uh, at the Oscar when his Oscar nomination when was announced by. Uh, oh my goodness! What was, is that a Travolta? I don't remember who it was. But hey, who was the president Dick of the Academy at the time? I just can't was it Don Hudson? No, no, it wasn't Don. Cheryl Blue Isaacs. Cheryl Blue Isaacs. Called Dick Poop. And did oh, she? Did she then win? Did, did he then win? He didn't win. He, didn't he did win. not he, win. He it was set, during the nomination the announcement, straight. but it was just one of those things where she said "dick poop" and it was like. And then you can't be like, "We're sorry, we called you dick yeah. poop." Right? Of you, course, you you're can't not called do dick anything. Poop. You can't re- take it nope. back. As you were saying, JJ did editorialize a bit uh, where, where he's like, the, you know, after Sam Raimi's like, "I'm really trying to calm the camera down." Bill Pope is like, "We use the eyeball flyball rig, the Perfilock Danso cam, the drunken cam snap." Zooms, whip pans, Dutch angles, camera attached to sticks and blankets, virtually anything that moved. We always moved the camera. I was told by our dolly grip on day 50 something that we were doing our first shot in the film where the camera didn't move. Off. And uh, it was a 360 degree pan. That's the first time the camera was locked down where it's not moving through space. Right. Know. It was just spinning around. And then, then all the quotes from Francis McDormand. It's funny because right. in the Quick and the Dad episode, which is uh, uh, next week. Uh, two weeks. What's in between? Army of Darkness. Oh, Army of Darkness. Right. But it's the same thing where Gene Hackman was like, I swear to God, can you just let me act? And Sam Raimi was like, I have a bunch of setups I want to do. Yeah. And Frances right. McDormand felt the same way where she was just like, if you're going to crash zoom into me mm-hmm. when I'm crying, wait, let me find the, you know, like, then I'm not going to act because anything I do is going to feel completely over the top if right. the camera's already over the top. Like she, she makes a good point. It's really interesting because, like, clearly she, I, it, Sam talks about it. Sam yeah. Raimi, my friend, Sam. Yes, <laughs> Sam, I am. Um, he does not like Green Eggs. He hand. actually does not. <laughs> um, he does not like them in a box. No, uh, he but he doesn't like them with a fox. Obviously, because he's Sam Raimi, yeah. and and she's in Crime Wave briefly or for whatever a moment. for a second, for a moment. But like, he's like, oh, working with my friend Francis McDormand. We used to live together. This is going right. to be great. But she was and Francis McDormand, who, as we all know, is a strong personality. Yes, yeah, isn't afraid to say her opinion in any forum. Clearly, was like, Sam, will you stop fucking doing all this bullshit? Like, I want to <laughs> act over here. And he was like, I don't get it. Why aren't we friends? Like, it, uh, it is interesting. They both talk openly about what a difficult time they had working together on this movie. And, and it sounds credit like to they, them that they talk openly. They obviously. talk openly, and it sounds right. like they are friends again now. Like, it didn't. Yeah, I think they're right. They're fine. I saw McDormand say also that she was like, there was a lot about it. I found frustrating. I found the process frustrating. There's not that meat that much meat on the bone with this character, Mm. right? There was this thing that Sam had sort of gotten criticized in the Evil Dead movies of like, the women are one-dimensional. They just exist to be killed off. Quick and the Dead is an exception. There are exceptions. The Gift is an exception. But he has a lot of damsels in distress in his filmography. Right. Yeah. Uh, Mm. It's a trope he leans on with the superhero I actually think the handling of Mary Jane across the Spider-Man trilogy is a a time he has done well in avoiding that outside of certain sequences becoming too damsel. There's there's a moment that quite threw me where um, (laughs) Liam, uh, you know, Darkman, Liam Neeson. Yeah, uh, Darkman. Uh, uh, says, was there anybody else, um, you know, while I was uh, burnt and yes. away? And and, uh, and she says, there was a man who comforted me, um, but it's, you know, it doesn't really mean anything. And and Liam Neeson is like, oh, fantastic. Thank you. You're and not I, dirty. Yeah. I felt like, I don't, I don't think I would have felt that way. <laughs> no. Uh, also, that's very bad judgment on Frances McDormand's part, like to, her character's part. Yes. Uh, yes the character, yes. of course, is called 
Julie. Julie, right. She how sort of forget. She said, how could you forget the famous character of Julie? She wanted, uh, first choice was Bridget Fonda, of course, who yep. you will eventually work with in A Simple Plan and briefly mm-hmm. end in Army of Darkness, but she was quite young. And did he you, thought she would play weird against Did Neeson. you read the Julie Roberts thing? Was that in the dossier? I okay. did. We'll get to that. We'll get that to that. is fascinating. But, th- but it sounds like it was this thing. I mean, I guess McDormand had her first Oscar nomination at that point. Mississippi Burning had come out. That's a good call. Is wow. it really? Yeah, because that's 88. So, right. yes. So, it's that kind of thing where, like, she had an Oscar nomination. She was taken seriously as an actor. She wasn't a movie star. She and was she's doing sort of a solid for no, a friend. This is maybe. really only like her fifth movie, right. like, total. Uh, it's yeah. a twofold thing where, like, Raimi, by all accounts, kind of pushed for her. She was on the mm-hmm. list, but she was maybe lower on the list. Right. And he really pushed for her. He wanted the gravitas. He was like, I want this to have real human feeling i want there to be a relationship that is like played straight at the center of this so we can hang our hats on that yes right. around had, all the silliness she had mm-hmm. also gotten a tony nomination for a broadway revival of a streetcar named desire playing stella sure okay so that was probably a very good that's performance prob- probably was that's and one also of those that's the kind of thing people pay attention yeah. to yeah mm-hmm. but i think she had a little bit of weight but she wasn't seen as like a movie star and by her no. account she was like this was a career decision where I was like appreciative that he gave me a big part in a big studio movie that I got to work on a more technical film that I got to be like the ingenue. Like I wanted to see, she has her line where she's like, I wanted to learn how I like look on camera and how Mm -hmm. I react to lights and all these sorts of things and learn my angles and all these things I did not feel experienced with. And she was like, my lesson was that's not the kind of actress I am. And I don't like doing that, (laughs) but she's right. She says this is the quote first bimbo she ever played. Yes. Uh, Francis McDormand, obviously, again, never afraid to shoot straight. <laughs> Do you have the line there about like the eyes roll back into the head? The eyes roll back into the head. It's somewhere there. But um, she said like, because they both. She, yes. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 this yeah. is a good quote. Always being concerned about the way I look and what my clothes are like. I'm just not good at that. In many female roles on film, most of your energy goes into making sure you look good and mm-hmm. that you don't do anything that's going to make your face look too weird on camera, which I can't do. I do things and my eyes roll back in my head. I can't help that. <laughs> I just think it's funny that she was like, I have an Oscar nomination now. I'm taken seriously as a movie actress. I don't think I know how to be a movie star. I'm aware of so what let me give it a shot. are like. Right, let me right. do the things I need to do to be like a sexy woman in a movie. And she you did just, it once with her friend and was she's like, like nope. I hate this. I'm not good at it. I'm going to do my own fucking thing. Because yeah. okay. her whole career is kind of formed in Here's response my to trying this one part. Yeah, Frances McDormand has three Oscars. Yes. She's the most winning living actress. Right. Wow. She's very famous. I would say a lot of people probably know her. But is she a movie star in that like she could open a movie at any point in her career? No. Like, no. Maybe post Fargo, but then she's just obviously not very interested yeah. in mm-hmm. pursuing that. Yes. But like she never really took roles where it's like my face, no, my name on the poster, right? You know, like no, and yeah, I, think I feel like she didn't want to be after this. No, no absolutely. It's not. just she's not something great, she's ever really done. Actor, right. Um, yeah. She's like Buscemi. Real actor. Like, yeah. But she has three lead actors. I know. It's wild. Three right. leading. Yeah. Remember, right. you know, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, because we've talked of, about him. Too, where it's like a, the really famous character actor that's right. like so the recognizable. Right. No, she's funny because it's three leading roles in like three big ass movies. Uh, you know, one of them is like her husband positioning her as a lead at a time where she was sort of allergic to, I think, probably most leading type roles that were being offered to her, writing a part that did suit her interests and her skills, right? Like post this, yeah. 
Let's see. She's in a movie called Hidden Agenda, which is a Ken Loach movie, right. British movie. And she's the lead in that. She right? is. She, yeah. But that's a small movie. Yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah. Uh, she's in a movie called The Butcher's Wife, uh-huh. uh, which is not a that's a major weird Demi role. Moore Jeff Daniels Correct. comedy. Yeah, hmm. she's in Shortcuts. She's in Beyond Rangoon, which is a Patricia Arquette movie. Mm-hmm. She's in Palookaville. Like she's in a lot of movies, actually, con- kind of not going anywhere until right. she gets Fargo. It's not like she was like inevitable when Fargo came out. And then like mm-hmm. post Fargo, it's like it's only three or four years later. She's in Wonder Boys and Almost Famous or whatever, right. where she's graduated to the like gravitas supporting funny mm-hmm. well, I think whatever. She's more comfortable. And also, by the way, anytime she's ever done like a paycheck movie post Fargo, it's in a small role. Like it's her doing like Transformers three, and she has four scenes where she's like Optimus Prime, as quickly looking as at, possible, looking at this document sign the check, here. and yeah, I'm yeah. Here. I mean, her performance right. in Eon Flux, which is a movie I stick up for, <laughs> yeah, is fascinating. <laughs> And that is clearly a movie that was a lot of work because you have to wear all these crazy costumes and do all this stuff. That feels like her being like, well, I'm interested in working with this director. This This is an interesting project. But like, it is weird when you see her in a blockbuster. Ian Flex is a weird blockbuster, but still we're like, damn, that's... Michael Bay has that weird thing where he like collects Coen Brothers actors. He clearly loves the Coen Brothers and uses like all of their stock. I think he also has that reputation where people like you should do it once. It's wild. Like there's nothing like right. Someone like like Turturro's coming back to her and going like you're gonna find this fascinating. Um, But anyway, McDormand. It is. It is just all these uh, quotes are very funny. Go ahead. I don't. I don't think that. Which Pope is it? Bill now. Bill Pope. Bill Pope is the deep. Yeah, I don't think he's doing her any favors. Because I, I, here's what I think. I actually am developing a little theory here that the it, so some of the scenes had to be so about being dark. Yeah, that the scenes that weren't were too light. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yes, sure. Sure. And hose down with ten Ks. Yeah. Like it is a nuclear. Dawn. It's like a, it's a very like sort of pop arty all the yeah. day light scenes, which are the scenes that she's in by and large. I also think she has a very interesting face. That mm-hmm. I imagine, especially if your job is we want to make her just the love interest in this movie, mm-hmm. when you're not playing up the character and the tension in her face, which I think a lot of her best roles do, she seems like someone who is hard to figure out how to light. And yeah, I think you don't want to just blast also, her with with light. But I, mean, I think you get the sense like she feels uncomfortable in these outfits. She mm-hmm. feels uncomfortable wearing this oh, man, much the makeup. power suits. It, that whole part of this movie is just sort of like, okay, whatever it's the It's total is. shoe leather where right. it's, it's like, look, the city and property yeah. and, you know, right. buildings and land. This was, yeah. I thought the whole meeting was like on a different context. No, no, she really thought she's she was working, like a journalist. She's working or for Bado McPherson, right? Yeah. Or, yes. or, or, or on that. I mean, actually, this is one of these, these evil developer movies, right? Yes. Which was yeah. like the quicksand of the 90s was <laughs> yeah, developing. Yeah. Absolutely. And by the way, they were right. I, I actually, yeah. so. It's a, a lot of the the like hobgoblins of Hollywood movies turn out to be exactly right, but they've somehow been declawed by the fact that they've appeared in studio movies like Development, The Evil Corporation, The, the Evil Shadow Tech Corporation, guys. Evil I Tech like Guys. We had ten years of like oh this overworn trope of the evil tech guy, and now it, and all we're of like, them but have they like, are evil, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, I'm building a rocket ship, and we're like, they fucking told us this in a movie, <laughs> but somehow because ago, because they've been this. in big movies, but it, yes. it no longer really has has an actual real well life because threat. it's what you're saying where it's like evil developers, and then in a movie it's like I want to develop a death ray, and it's <laughs> right. like well they right. don't want to do that, and it's like well yeah, but they do want to do a lot of bad, <laughs> bad boring shit right. like that we should call 200 housing units (laughs) right the thing i find fascinating in the mcdormand thing is that she sort of says like 
a, you know, he was like doing me a favor. I thought I needed to do this type of movie as like learning experience, means to an end, understanding how to fit in Hollywood. It taught me the things I don't want to do. I found it difficult to work around his process and whatever. And it was like he was asking me to bestow gravitas around a thing that was not really that well written. This part specifically, right? Right. There's not that much there. And he's doing all this crazy pyrotechnics around me. But she also says like, I came to set talking to him like my friend. She, she admits she was maybe too fresh with in him. In my living room. Because. Mm-hmm. We're in a professional close, environment. Right. I'd be like, mm-hmm. Sam, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't want to do that. That she yes. was sort of like that. And it's tough to, yeah, you don't want to talk to a director on his set that way because then, you know, right. it's going to throw off the balance of a lot of things, I guess. I don't know. But if someone looks you in the eyes on set, you fire them, right? Yeah. yeah totally. Of course. Right. Yeah, you wear right. sunglasses they, all the time. <laughs> If you wear talk, a mirrored if, suit so no one can see your body. If they speak to me, <laughs> a suit. they speak ben to me. It's a problem. Take out his notebook, lightning fast. <laughs> <laughs> and like, if someone talks to you, someone immediately just pulls them away and gives them a card, being like, "The director cannot be spoken yeah. to." You can, you know, the director yeah, will speak to the, you. Please report straight to HR. <laughs> I'm just like too much of a of a pussy cat. Actually, I think actually, I'll tell you my 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 scariest moment on um uh, with an actor on set was like, oh, actually, no, there are two. <laughs> it wasn't scary, but once um, I was rehearsing this scene with uh, with Nicole Kidman on on Golden Compass, right? Sure. And was rather doing well, this actress. and that. And uh, Nicole looked at me and she said, no, uh, it's got to be clever. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that... The implication here seems to me that, that <laughs> I'm not clever. Could be an clever. impression too. Um, mm-hmm. And then there was one Sir Ben Kingsley, sure. whom I love. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, first day on a shooting Operation Finale, um, asked me or summoned me to his uh, his green room, <laughs> and uh, he looked at me with a very scary kind of like uh, sexy beast ish right. kind of uh-huh. feeling. No, no. yes, and, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, and he's also playing Eichmann in your mind. <laughs> yeah, like, he he's like fucking right. terrible. He's playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he said to me, I think I have a feeling that you do not want me to surprise you. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. <laughs> like, no, no, I, I think that'd be great. Man, I, I love surprise. surprises. Yes. Yeah. And I was just like, my, I went into a bit of a cold sweat. <laughs> and he said, um, because if I am the most disliked person on this set, I don't give a donut. And I said, well... I, I don't see why you should be. There's no reason for that to be the case. Everything's going to be fine, basically. Right. That's throwing like, down quite a marker on day yeah. one yeah. as well. I was like, right. oh, God. Was he the most disliked person on this? No. Um, actually, by the end of it, once I think he realized that we knew what we were doing and that he was not in kind of one of these programmers where right. he's sort of thrown to the wolves. Mm. No, it was great. And he was lovely and he would do anything. I remember that seeing was Oscar Isaac was the most despised. Too hot. Too hot. Everyone's <laughs> just like, too was, I know. I was like, I'm too attracted to you. Exactly. You know, this is just not going to work. Where's this guy get off being such a cutie pie? What a fucking dreamboat. Uh, can we talk <sighs> about the Julia Roberts thing? Yeah, if you want to talk about the Julia Roberts thing. I know, I know. I always and, try and yeah. uh, just sort of get. But no, yes, yeah. um, Francis McDormand, of course, said that the, the final two choices were Francis McDormand and Kelly Lynch, according mm-hmm. to Nancy Nainer. Kelly and Lynch, Lynch, a bit of a forgotten early 90s star. Right, but was on a bit of a roll and slots Roadhouse. more obviously into this type of part. She's in Cocktail. She's she's very good in Drugstore Cowboy. Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's in Roadhouse, of course. Um, but the studio was pushing for Julia Roberts. This is pre-Pretty Woman mm-hmm. release, is my guess. Right. So, but she's still, again, an Oscar nominee for Steel Magnolias. Magnolias. She's in Mystic Pizza. But what's the other element at play? She and Liam had dated briefly and had mm. broken up. And when mm. they read the audition scene together, both actors had tears in their eyes. It was so intimate. Right mm. after her agent called and said, 
she should maybe be taken out of consideration. It's too raw for her. It's um, too much. But fascinating was, to right. think about. Especially though. when Raimi's like, I wanted to build this love story that like you actually cared about. The idea of them like watching these two actors walk in with tears in their eyes and go like straight into the depths mm-hmm. of feeling. They must have been like, holy but fucking But like, honestly, shit. Right. when I hear that, I'm like, shit, I want to see that. Like, I do too. Maybe yeah. that. Because... Francis McDormand is fine in this movie, but it's probably like the worst Francis McDormand performance of all time in a way yeah, where you kind of like, yeah, she's mm-hmm. a, she's pretty good. Right, yeah. Like I sense her discomfort in this movie. She just I, doesn't I don't have think a it's lot a bad to do. Performance, but yes, it's it's just it does feel like the one where she realizes she learns exactly what kind of actor she is by doing this and learning what she doesn't right. want to be. She's giving a melodrama um, yes. performance, right? She's, Which to her point makes sense. She's like, if this movie is this bombastic around me. I'm not going to go small. I'm not going to go intimate. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. Um, Neeson, though, is just like so properly dialed in. It, it It's kind of incredible. And it's like you think about he was a guy who was a little bit known, but wasn't a movie star and wasn't a leading man at this point. He yeah. is about to be Oscar Schindler. He is yeah, about to be gravitas. Right. But that's still three years off. He's uh-huh. been in this movie, The Good Mother. Which is a Leonard Nimoy movie, of an course. insane movie. Do you know what the premise of that movie? We, is? We've mm-hmm. talked about it. We've talked about it. It's insane. We talked about it. Yes, uh, he was in a movie called Next of Kin that I think was sort of like a solid thriller. Sure. But he's yeah, in he's Excalibur, right? I mean, the smaller. But he's part. like a baby. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's right. like he's that's, got like baby roles. Yeah, Next of Kin, of course, is a um, Swayze. And he's in the Deadpool. Is that right? He's in one of the. Dirty is he in Birds, one of those? Right? Yeah. He's in. Um, hmm. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Is the he's Deadpool the one where there? Is there an actual yes. pool with, with like a, a a thing that goes over the pool? And no, that's the drowning pool. That's mm. the drowning pool. The Deadpool is you know someone's betting on killing right. cops, right. and so Dirty right. Harry is going to shoot them. Right, they'll be in the Deadpool. He's in that zone gun. that I think studios liked for movies of this budget level, where it's just like that's a face that people have seen before. He doesn't cost us too much money, but audiences will feel a little bit comfortable. And he's mm-hmm. got leading man chops. He's handsome. Uh, mm-hmm. As Neeson don't says, have to pay. yeah, the script appealed to the little boy in me because I know it would have been something I would have loved to see on a Saturday matinee growing up in Ireland with that little <laughs> kid from the movie Belfast. He didn't say that yeah. part, <laughs> and it was, and also he says, and it was a big fat juicy lead in the movie. I'm right, Liam Neeson right. in 1990. Who am I to turn but what down? Works is that it doesn't feel like a craving calculation, even if he does like go like, oh yeah. fuck, this is my entree into being the guy on the poster. He certainly. Found this movie exhausting to make because he had to put a bunch of fucking makeup on his face all the time. It was a 60-day shoot. Yep. It was not easy. He's got a caper around quite but, a lot. He's and, and got to play crazy. crazy. Rainy and, setups. And yeah. he's yeah. apparently, his next film is a movie called The Big Man. Never heard of it. Liam Neeson playing a big man. Um, what they do, build small sets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in which he played a bare-knuckle boxer, right. which was like being shot in Scotland. So he would like get up before filming Darkman and like do boxing preparation. He would wake up at 3 a.m., box and train for three hours and go to makeup chair at like 6 a.m. so that he could be on set at 9 a.m. It's fucking He said it was five hours for makeup. They got it down to three at some point. So, you know, but he does say the film is very dear to him to this day. Mm-hmm. And he's been in a lot of movies. He's, not, he's, yeah. he's not doing like... A, the little things that actors can do to say, like, I know I'm better than this movie, and you and I, audience member, know that this is horseshit. That's and what so I love about. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's he's not winking. No, it's it's, but I think it's exactly what you said, David. That he's like, I would have loved this movie as a kid. I would have 
yeah. and hook, line, and sinker in on this. I want to give the performance that I wanted to see rather than being mm-hmm. like, I'm fucking Liam Neeson. I'm a mm-hmm. trained actor. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he knows exactly how silly to go, when to be scary. You know, he understands the sort of like vocabulary of his poses. He just had some good monster work. You like know, sound hmm. and physicality. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he uses that. Says he's animal. got like a lot of Quasimodo in yes. him. Like, yeah. But I feel like all his posing, like when he's hunching and sort of lurching and the way he mm-hmm. runs and everything, it's like he understands, like he looks like illustrations. Now, Chris. Yes. yes. I, the, the other actor we should briefly mention, main actor, is Larry Drake, who plays Durant. Oh, yes. Yeah. Is that that cigar chomping fucker? That's yep. Hell that sure yeah. is. He's, he's good. He's got kind of this Edward G. Robinson thing going on, which is yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. what you're talking about. His hair is so interesting. It's so... Mm-hmm. I kind of can't look away from it's, this it's weird It's just this hair. push everything forward. Everything is just perfectly <laughs> in the same direction. Yeah. yeah. His, his bit with the cigar cutter is great villain stuff. It's simple, mm-hmm. but it is a good yeah. kind of calling card behavior, right? It's, yes. It's kind of nasty. It's kind of old-fashioned. But look, there is a reason why. Like, people had been asking us, are you guys going to do the Darkman sequels on Patreon? And we thought about it, and then we were like, mm. does anyone like these, or is it just the titles, right? And it's like, right. Die, Darkman, Die is a funny title, but there's also just something so funny about being like, we didn't get Neeson back. We paid for Drake. It's right. now Larry Drake above the title. Yep. He's the biggest face on the poster and the movie is subtitled The Return of Durant as yes. if Durant was like Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive. Like this guy popped so fucking hard the sequel's going to be all about him. <laughs> they do give him too much weight. Yes. Say. Right. Uh, yeah. The Return I, of Durant. Also, I mean, he, he's uh, back. So I think throughout the movie he makes some really bad decisions, right? Um, uh, Durant or Larry Drake? Durant, Durant I think, definitely makes some bad decisions. Durant should not fire missiles at police helicopters. So Sam Raimi wanted it to be a flamethrower. <laughs> and all the special effects guys were like, Sam, if there was a man hanging out of a helicopter with a flamethrower, the flame will engulf the entire helicopter because <laughs> of the blades die. and everyone really will bad. die. We're yeah. not fucking, we're not even having a conversation right about that's this. not gonna happen sure right. would've yeah been cool would have been cool if it was animated your pro cool. frame flamethrower over missile launcher in general mm, i can't i can't answer that question okay David. it's that's, like it's your favorite children favorite children yes um anyway no, i'm just great. thinking like yeah. like the consequences of his actions are going to be pretty terrible one way or the other yes uh in as much as you know uh, somebody will have, will have witnessed, right? This guy firing missiles at police helicopters. Sure. Uh, and no matter how nihilistic he's feeling at that stage, he cannot be reckoning his future very carefully at that point. It is well, the, look. the one element of the movie that feels like it's in response to like the, the Stallonification of action movies. And I like it. I like the pulpiness of it, but it is funny that the rest of the movie is like happening in like warehouses and abandoned mm-hmm. alleyways and whatever. And then you have this one just like bright daylight, yes. middle of traffic. Yeah. yeah. There's You're a right. dark it man hanging from a helicopter and a guy with a rocket launcher. Yeah. Right. I also um, like that he he has two commands to his pilot, and one of them one of them is something like dip him, and the other one is whip him or something like yeah. that. Right? It's excellent. Um, yeah, and 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 the so the finger cutting things. I also thought, do would the fingers be so well preserved in his little finger display mm. case? Wouldn't they have been um, shriveled? Well, he maybe must have. He's a got a bombing fluid. He or must have maybe a pain with some formaldehyde. After he's done it, yeah. he takes them back. Yeah. 
He's got a guy, right. or he does it himself. He ziplocks him very carefully, okay. and he's like, I got, got, we got to get this to him in like the next he's hour. He's kind of meticulous. These gangsters, yeah, have, they, yeah. they all are, right? They've all got their looks. I'll give Larry Drake a big compliment here. Yeah. I think his, I think he's good in the film. I think his strong, mm-hmm. his, mm-hmm. his high point of the movie, yeah. when he's playing the two versions, right. his performance as Neeson playing him is really mm-hmm. fucking good. He's having mm-hmm. the most fun with that. Other yes. people. Well, you know what? I like that long-haired guy. He's fun. Yeah. 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 It's always fun when they do that. But yes, no, you're right. Drake really thought about the difference. He feels like the guy who was the actor who was playing the other guys. Right. Were, well... Like the guy who plays Polly, I, I was thinking. I, I wrote this note to myself. Like, what were what are his dreams? Like th- that actor. Like, what is his? <laughs> yeah. This is probably a big role for him, right? Maybe mm-hmm. the biggest he's played. Probably. But what was he? What you know? What else? Who does he want out of life? Oh, sure. The actor. You know, is he, he'll play heavies for his entire career, presumably. Larry Drake. No, 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 uh, no, no, no the, the gu- guy who plays Polly. Bald, bald Nicholas guy. Worth, the first like body with switch. the tattoo. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a lot of it. It it's a lot of uh, movies I haven't heard of without being rude, right? Um, but it's a lot of um, Thug One, Bull, right? Mm-hmm. I bet Spunts, Tucci, right? Rhino, you yeah. know, a lot, yeah, a lot yeah, of these guys who sound, sound like heavies. Buggy. Yeah, I bet he's dreaming of like stickball or this childhood, something nostalgic, right? Because he looks like he's having a good rest, he's, right? He's <laughs> Dreaming of stickball. Stickball. Yeah. He's thinking With of the, the movies. Kids. To give- this, this is the movie I'd want to see when I was a kid. He thinks that too, but Liam Neeson gets to say it. You know, to yeah. give people a sense of the plot of Dark Man, in Please. case we haven't done a good enough job. Doctor Peyton Westlake, if you will. David. Yes, a great name. Incredible. Peyton Westlake is a really good mm-hmm. comic book hero Dr. name. Doctor Peyton Westlake. That's the thing. Everything about this movie, you're like, he's making this up. This feels like it's like pulled from the annals. He's trying to create synthetic skin, of course. Much like Dr. Michael Morbius creates synthetic blood. Right. But he wants to help burn victims by creating synthetic skin to grab. It's always disintegrating. What is it? The light. After 99 minutes, they figure out that it's if it's it's photosensitive. They keep it in the dark. And what's also really cool is everyone's surrounded by sick gear. Yeah, this their lab is is very much a, a Ben Hosley environment. Yes, Absolutely. yeah, uh, very 100%. cool set design in my opinion, actually. So cool. And then in classic Sam Raimi style, they like throw Liam Neeson into every part of the set during yes. the big like he gets set on fire sequence. Right. Um, the fucking I love the shot of him being slammed into the glass, you know, pulled out over the next one, yeah. pulled out over the next one, like that whole camera. I love that. Well, I mean, I. I the, the bad guys, when they do the things that they do, also they're very joyous in their evil. Yes. Yeah, right? sure. Which, is, which this is isn't remarkable, just a job. Right? To them. There are guys who are like doing jobs, but they yeah. seem to even also. And, and, and at the end, um, the, the 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 big bad guy, even when he's doing things that to me seem like he should really be worrying about his future. Again, I'm I'm worried about these these bad you're, you're, guys. You're, you're right. You're being too parental. Yeah. You're, 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 you're like, come on, guys. Have you thought about next year? Retirement account. Get I'm a like, GD. Come yeah. on. Yeah. You're really on the edge of your entire dream being destroyed right now. And yet, you are so wrapped up in, uh, I mean, you're standing on like like a, the, the top of a building in construction with a bolt gun. This is not good. Whatever happens, this is <laughs> right. not good for you. This is not a good result. But you are so enjoying shooting at Dark Man. Like, it, I think it's strange. Chris, Chris, did you see the bolt gun? Did you <laughs> consider the okay. bolt gun? I mean, yeah. Consider the bolt because gun. Because I, I agree, I don't like heights, 
But um, I'd be interested in in trying it out. You know, it's funny. Raimi does a lot of scaffolding battles because he does that in Spider-Man mm. Three as yeah. well. And I feel like he, there's another movie. I'm I was gonna say. Yet. I mean, No Way Home like brought it back, but it I did, do yeah. feel like there was a ten to fifteen year period where if you were making a Superman a superhero movie, it had to end yep. on scaffolding. Yeah. You had to be at a high height in an abandoned factory, church, jumping girders, for right. building sets, yeah. right. You have to be on a steeple. You have to like that was the big. There, there were no. Well, that's giant the famous Batman the story, right? Where John Peters is like, it's ending in a church, and Burton's like, no, it's not. What? And he's like, I already built the church. Right. Like, get him up that. Church. And motherfucker, you're going to the top floor. <laughs> and Burton's like, this isn't in the script. Why yeah. are they? And he's like, it doesn't matter. It's but like, like, you need a location. Right? Dark Knight ends that way too. Uh, yeah, it does. And I it feel does. like that's the last of that, the original run of yeah. your final set piece. And people really complained about that. In yeah. Dark Knight, where they were like. This action is muddy. I can't tell where, any, where anything is because it's just a bunch of girders. X-Men, yeah. first X-Men ends in the Statue of Liberty. Sure, it does really good action sequence. Actually. Right. But then it, it did feel like weirdly a throwback that No Way Home is scaffolding around the Statue of Liberty. Another one where they mm. barely explained why that's happening. Reason no, not to have a lot of people around. I, I yes. Yeah, so. of course. Of course. So you get the civilian. And also it looks but, cinematic. And it's dark. Like you get skyline yeah. behind you and all this shit. And then you always get to... People love to have bad guys fall from a great height. Anyway. Very good falling out of a window gag in this one, yes. by the way. I thought they did that very well. The bald guy. The yeah, the bald guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. That falls. It's really, it's really long. Like, it takes yeah. a long time before. I don't know how they did it. And it kind of doesn't shit. look like a dummy at all. No. Nope. Really. I, I don't know what they did. And the oh, guy I'm wasn't your doing the stuntman thing of, of overly gyrating <laughs> his arms on the right. way down. You know? Um, so... Julie Hastings, mm-hmm. his girlfriend, mm-hmm. she's a lawyer. She's got this document the that memorandum? her boss. Hmm? What's it called? The memorandum? What's the it? Yeah, the, the Belisarius memorandum. That's like we're going to rebuild the entire city or whatever. And it's just these little simple things that Raimi is just good at making sure he covers where it's like put the coffee cup on yeah, the, the coffee, right. coffee and, stain and, and focus on Just give us one clear shot so it sticks in the back of our brain and we can shorthand get back to that later and make you put together the piece right because this memorandum this memo is at the lab durant and at right. all show up they beat the shit out of liam neeson it's a memorandum that reveals we are bad guys we like doing bad things please don't tell anyone about the bad stuff right. also don't to. copy this right. um, also don't the pdfs don't exist yeah also use it. a coaster they really do <laughs> robocop him where yes. it's kind of like you're dead now, 15 more minutes. You know what I mean? Like, they really mm-hmm. go to town. I think him. there's a fair amount of Robocop in the DNA of this movie. Even sure. you talking, Chris, about how joyous the goons are. Mm-hmm. That's a thing I really think of, like, Robocop, if not pioneering, that, like, all the bad guys in that movie fucking love being bad guys. Like, they mm. can't stop laughing as they're shooting people and shit. And maybe it also shares the DNA of someone not, not actually terribly prepossessing being considered a super dangerous bad guy. Like, right. uh, 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 Kermit... Um, no, in, in RoboCop. It's the, uh, uh, Kurtwood Smith. Kurtwood Smith. Smith. Right. Yeah. Right. The, the sort of banality of these guys. Right. This right. guy who doesn't even look that scary to begin right. with. Combined. Well, he'll get his foot in your ass. Right. But yes. Yes. They're these insane, like, nihilistic hedonists. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt this too, but, but, but uh, uh, leg, uh, leg Gun Guy. This is a fantastic this guy. guy. Okay. This fucking so guy. It, start, it starts with establishing super bad guy. He yeah, it's a, a very fun opening all, scene. Right? We haven't yeah. touched on it. Uh, yes. Durant comes in yeah, with his guys who are not enough guys. They're all surrounded by guys with machine guns. Right. The, 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 what's his name? Sorry, Eddie Black. That's the current right. big boss. They make yes. fun of this guy with the limp. Right. I, I do like Eddie Black's joke. I dated a lady with one leg. 
what happened. Had to break it off. Yeah, it's yeah. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Two comedy points. Or it could have been like, it was all just hollow at the end. Well, there you Sorry. go. Now now um, we're just... I want to see a line of Rama. He should have done a few... <laughs> yeah, all a little, the alts. A few jokes. But yes, yeah. you like that this opening scene is... What else? What else? What else? What else? My favorite thing about this opening scene... Okay, let's see. Let's see. Okay, all right. Hush. You too. Be quiet. You finish your point about Gunman. Oh, well, okay. So so then it turns out that the man's... Uh, fake leg is actually a machine gun, classic. Um, which which is somehow very quickly acquired off of the guy who then they, like hops kick it out the from the under him, pick it yeah. up, and start fucking mowing people. Now, around. notwithstanding the fact that you suddenly have a machine gun that they did not expect you to have, mm. and that okay, it may work better than you would think a machine gun leg would work. Everybody else still has shitloads of machine guns sure. and rocket launchers and everything, but they seem to be so stunned by yeah. this. this they can't get over turn. It. By this gestalt yeah. shift, you never that they recover. cannot defend themselves yeah. adequately yeah. against yeah. what then comes. I do like that Eddie Black is like, okay, get him, and then a bunch of cars drive out of shipping containers yes. out of nowhere. Also, I do like that waiting has, in shipping containers a just in case. Yeah. She's like, don't Brilliant. worry. There's guys in shipping containers. But I mean, that, if you're Sam Raimi and the studio is giving you fifteen right? million dollars like, to make yeah, this, let's you're do like, it. how many cars can I buy? <laughs> right. I had to blow up my own car twice. You know? Yes, that's yeah. true. He did. Yeah. But it, but that guy, but the surprise of cars in shipping containers did not trump the surprise of leg, which turns into machine gun, and so somehow the game is just won. The moment won. that machine gun is deployed, it's all over. It's psychological warfare. Yeah. 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 So they burn, they, they, they burn acid and throw in a river. They murder his, his assistant. They do murder his, his right. poor they assistant. They wrap him in mm. saran wrap. just an assistant. Let him go. And they, uh, in order to give him, uh, uh, what do they say? Breathing room or whatever? Give him some air. Right. They give him some air by shooting him in the head. Uh, yeah, it's it. actually Ted Raimi who does it, and he seems nervous about yes. it. It's actually a really well-played scene. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Ted is the guy who makes his first kill, who is then beloved that's by Ted Durant. Raimi. Right. Okay. Oh, that's Ted. That's okay. Ted. Um, yeah. But he doesn't die. He Jenny Agutter, Agutter, yes. whatever, instead re- he's recovered from the river, and she's just like, great, new new process. Uh, he'll feel no pain. We'll snip his you well, know, adrenal glands Very, or very quickly, just because I wanted to shout out like sort of just this moment where like, like kind of quickly passing by, but just because it made me excited and illustrates why I think Sam Raimi rules as a director. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote it down. So, okay. Um, the flying burnt-ass body, silly. Fun. Fun. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. Like, yeah. the fucking building, you know? Yeah. Into the yeah. river. Splash. Yeah. Okay. Fade to her, like, standing out in the street and it turns to the funeral. Right? Fun. Kind of just, like, match, little match interesting. Match dissolve. Very nice match dissolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it goes right to then the gravedigger making a joke about the guy being blown to bits. Right. That's just, like, right. a kind of you a bunch like of You just, like, the rapid like, fire. Yeah. I yeah, just yeah. love this, like, goofy mm-hmm. filmmaking, but it's, like, economical and, like, interesting. It just, like, I don't know. I just, like, that... Little one minute little part of the movie, I think, was greatest comic cool. grave digger since Hamlet. Good call. You think so? Good call. I'm trying to think if there's yeah. any competitors there. Um, yeah. yeah, you read in the reviews at the time, and it's there's grave diggers. That's a rap. The critics are starting to see group. more movies like this. They're like, this is the first time someone's made something that actually feels and looks like a comic book. Right. And I think part of it is things like the transition of McDormand to mm-hmm. the funeral, right. the speed of it. Yeah. But also, he's like, he's leaning into the artificiality of his techniques yep. in the same way that you have a guy who's drawing his 80th issue of whatever, and it's like, how do I keep this fresh for myself? 
-hmm. What are some cool transitions and devices I can use? And I feel like all the composite shots in this movie, anytime they're in front of what is clearly an artificial background, they're like heightening it. Like they're making it look sort of pop arty rather than trying to create a seamless effect. Yeah, it's painterly. That's all I wrote down to. All true. I just also think it's really funny that he wakes up after everything we've just described. Because what is this? Like 20, 25, 20 minutes before he's dark? Correct. He wakes up and it's like, okay, so I can't feel pain. Mm -hmm. I have no face. He's attached to a Samo cam, essentially. We talked about this in the Evil Dead episodes. Oh, sure. Yeah. That spinning cross that they would put. Right, right. But he's, right, they're just spinning them all round, round. I'm just trying to say, like, he's like, if if Dark Man, if you were to sit down at this moment, write it down. I can't feel pain. Yeah. I'm going insane. Yeah. (laughs) I have no face. Everyone thinks I'm dead. Everyone thinks I've been left for dead. Yeah. I can make faces with a computer. Yeah. I'm good at impressions. It's my life's work. <laughs> yeah, but then there's the added wrinkle yes. of like, good voice I'm work. not so okay. bad with good. the impressions. I'm a pretty quick study. <laughs> right. So do you think he should have taken it on the road? <laughs> I'm just saying, I love been that. Like rich he little puts all that together. Instead, he just, well, he just like got stuck up on revenge. Ridiculous. Because <laughs> it's, you know, it's always those comic books, like when you're like, I'm going to read detective comics, blah, you know, right, where it's right. like, and it's like Batman, it's like two pages. Where yeah. They're just sort of like, of course, his parents died, but he was rich and he didn't like bats. He saw bat he, one time. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. and you're like, yeah, whatever, man. He's Batman. Yeah, I get it. You know, like the, the 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 language of those comics is just has to be fast. So you're right. just you know, you know, by panel eight, they're like, I've got it. I'll be yeah. Spider Man. And right. you're like, okay. But this, where he's just like, I guess I should. And we're like, yeah, you yeah. should. I you buy should. that. I don't have a lot of options. Be what like an insane master of disguise who also like brutalizes people. Sure. That's good. Yeah. I just, the specificity of. And there's a time limit. <laughs> like, you know, you got to keep well, watching. Well, and the also, clock. there's another time constraint, which is that in order to make a Liam Neeson face, it takes 512 hours. Mm. Whereas to make any other face that he needs to make, it right. takes less. Now, to be fair, Liam Neeson has a pretty particular face. Okay, no. Very particular, very particular was, set of face. I thought it was that they were doing the very whole body. So I was assuming it was taking all that extra time uh, for his huge hog. Oh, okay. well, this oh well, wow. Well, well, every time Neeson's discussed on this podcast, Chance Dickinson described it. It was going to happen. Someone scratching. The All right. fucking now I'm gonna bingo tell, card. Chris, of Chris has to go. He's now I'm going to tell the story in which someone okay. once uh, reported to me that his penis had been described um, like a dead German hanging out a window. <laughs> Why German? And then, I don't know. But for some reason, when my friend, well, I guess it was like World War II, he sure, sure. a sniper who, right. mm-hmm. who had like snapped himself into some kind of harness. Yeah, no, so, I understand. Yeah. Right, 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 right. right, right. Um, but then also, this is where Athena comes in as well, which is uh, the, uh, the connection is actually not dirty. Okay. For some reason, um, uh, she was at the end of the table when this was was being uh, discussed, uh-huh. but not clearly a little too loudly. And then for a while, she kept on singing dead german hanging at the window i'm a dead german hanging so at the window so she just picked up on the the image of the dead german she didn't get the, the sound of it no right, she right, did not right um that's that is now that will haunt me yeah absolutely <laughs> Liam Neeson, yes i do Liam Neeson, yes oh no no i know what i was going to say you were talking about how long it takes for him to make the mask yeah. this thing where they built the machine that pretty much could do it in real time on camera Exactly, could at least do right. If right. he wanted it to be just about as realistic as it could, how be. like a three D like, printer. How great amazing. would it be if we could hire magicians and come up with a way to let this play out so that Sam can cover it and sheet it however he wants and use as much of the footage as they want? So essentially, like everything up to the finishing of the mask 
could happen continuously, right? Yeah. And then they would swap out a different thing. The special effects are, are really good. They're this, really good. They are really good, especially because it's not that it's expensive pre- no, movie. It's but, pre-digital. You know. I, I mean, in, in one sense, it's digital because you see the, the computer images. But really, right. it's, it's pre-CGI. Yeah. But so. you know what I like about this, too? Like, uh, the Mission Impossible franchise has probably become our, our preeminent mask franchise, right? Famous. Right. Mm. And there, they just always use the trick of we swap out an actor and they just look perfect. And then at some point, except for the De Palma movie, the De Palma movie, they made the mask. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. But the apart from that, mostly. they No, no. But yes, yes. The thing I like in this is like when Darkman is pretending to be Durant, they put makeup on Larry Drake to make him look a little little artificial. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah, just a little great, bit wrong. Awesome. Like it's there's it's a the, the color is a little bit off. His eyes are a little. Too what bright. about when they do the two mask though? That's cool too. That's, that's fucking a good, where the first mask comes off and then the second mask has the tape under on the, the mouth. mouth. Yeah, right. Because it's the first mask right. looks fake. Then he takes it off. It's a perfect Neeson with the tape underneath like the instead lips. of teeth mm-hmm. essentially right it's right. crazy yeah. right and then there's the mask fucking rule that's pretty cool yeah i always like that with masks can i tell classic. a true, true hollywood story uh, please true hollywood story lookalike thing sure yeah. uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell this as quickly as possible okay so back when i was a younger person uh i would occasionally look like christopher reeve yes Re- reeves reeve reeve yes. right yeah, what a burden so, i i remember i know um, you poor motherfucker so i remember i when i when i bought my first house ever in in los angeles right i i it it had a jacuzzi and i inherited the (gasps) cool guy who would come to the jacuzzi so this guy shows up one day and i go uh out to say looking motherfucker and i i say um i say hey oh hi thanks my my name is my name is chris um how are you and he he looked at me strangely uh and so this was after chris reeves had had this you know, terrible yeah. accident. Yeah. yeah. So he was, he looked at me, he read, like, I really gave him the willies. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, that's weird. And I kind of went back later. And later mm-hmm. I got the, uh, I got the uh, bill for his services and it said Christopher Rivas, right? Because he was a Mexican guy who had spelled yes. Reeves the way that he, yes, f- phonetically. And I realized this guy thought that I was Christopher Reeves, Reeve, but that Reeve, yeah. but that he, but that Christopher Reeve has been putting on yes. this accident the entire right. time. It's, it's almost all like a big he thought Dark you're right. coming to fucking Francis right. McDormand being like, I'm here, I'm fine. Yep. Right. Which he does do. Which he does do. I'm I'm not dead. I'm just wounded yeah. and mu- insane. Yeah. That must have been mind-blowing. Where he's like, did he get better and no one yeah. knows about it yet? Or is yeah, this Yeah, this is on? like a huge conspiracy. Well, you know what these, these Hollywood yeah. folks, they're always pretending yeah, to yeah, they're weird injured and stuff. It's all okay, part I got one process. more thing. You can cut this out if this is too boring. No, we'll keep it in double. Um, okay. Don't <laughs> okay. say that. Alex will do it. Triple. So then there, there's Chris Reeves again. Triple once. I, no. I haven't told this on the podcast before, but... But but actually, the apartment that I rented before that, right? The cable guy came over to turn on the cable once, and he said, "Like, hey, you know who you look like?" And I said, uh, "Yeah, sometimes you you might say Christopher Reeve because people say that sometimes. Like, yeah, you really look like him." And and, and he said, uh, "You know, what you should do. You should call up the studio and say uh, that you know you, you you can keep on making Superman. I know movies you guys because, are sweating this, but right, yeah, I look yeah, just yeah, like yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And, and I said." Ah. I don't, well, I don't think that would work. I don't think it'd be a good idea. I mean, that's not, not really what I, what I, what I do is like, no, you should really do that. And I was like, uh, that, that, I mean, I guess, thanks, I guess, but I'm not going to yeah. do that. And then he looked at me and said, man, it's sad when people give up on their dream, man. It's sad when people give up on their dream, man. It's sad when people give up on their dream. <laughs> 
he well, thinks he's like you. You you want. <laughs> You, his, you, you don't have the guts. But his you, you dream became to. yours. <laughs> yes. And you were letting it down. You were lying to yourself. Um, okay, sorry for interrupting. No, no, no. Uh, uh, Darkman. No, I'm just trying to think. I mean, obviously, then he is Darkman. Right. Um, and uh, he is... He does find Julie, and he convinces her he was in a coma, not dead. He sets up a, you know, he gets an apartment, lab, he sort puts, of, you know, work from home. But I can only do a short hang. Right. He puts Ted Raimi uh, up a manhole and gets him knocked uh, over by a car. That's Very pretty fun. cartoony. I mean, that's the thing that Dorman said is, like, he would direct me, and he'd be like, I want you to fall down and then spring back up like this. And he'd be like, <laughs> Sam, that's not how bodies <laughs> humans are. And then you watch him do this with his brother, and it's like, yeah, actually, he just has this little brother where it's like, hey, Ted, let someone pick you up by the legs and swing you around like you're fucking meat on a stick. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know that we need to go beat by beat on Darkman after that. Well, it's, was, it's a lot of crime fighting and stuff, but, but thing yeah, I what like, do you want to focus on? I think it's what the movie builds to is like, does this guy have superpowers like beyond, you know, his ability with this technology? And it's like, no, it feels like the thing is this just kind of broke him. Right. He, he's got mega adrenaline power. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. And he can't feel and he, pain. He can't and feel he's pain. Insane. So he's, right. just, he's good at fighty fighting. But also he's like gone insane. Like it's yes. this thing at the end of the movie where he's like, I'm a monster now. Yeah. 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 I'm he like not a person. I don't think the same way. Right. I think another power that no one, they're not like, take, they're not taking advantage of this as like an aspect of the character, like a detail is that he's got a stink. Yeah, he must smell terrible. He must stink. He, I mean, he's got open wounds. I know. You do. Those bandages I, like, are I was like, worried about secondary infection. Yeah, man, because fine. I wouldn't want to be pain, touching. I thought yeah. a good little detail was when he becomes a bald guy. He sprays after shave, and mm. I feel like to cover up right, that he's right. rank as hell. We, we don't see him in full fucked up face mode too many times. No, obviously, no. mostly he's banded. But I do love the design. It's right. so good. It's so and it's really good. nasty. It's really like really the way nasty. the way that the muscles. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, to me, and uh, by about the middle, I'm thinking actually this is a movie because once he starts dating Frances McDormand again and takes her on these weird dates, like Very carnival weird and stuff dates. like that, like, yeah, not, not nice, quiet place. Can't spend the night. Um, uh, uh, it's really about a guy who is afraid that his trauma. It's it's like psychologically speaking, someone who who is afraid to show his weaknesses and trauma to yes, his yes. significant other. Yeah, right? yeah. And I it's like both that, that yes. he's like, I don't think you'll still love me if you see the real me. And there's the physical level of it, which is obvious and surface level, but it also is this shit of like, he's like emotionally unbalanced now. Like he cannot control his rage. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a madman. He's a madman. He's a he's a darkman. He's gone mad. He's a darkman. He is a dark man. That's true. Um, yeah, I just think the circus scene, not the circus, but the the carnival. Yeah, yeah, is just like that the shot of him of, with the thing. Well, yeah, that yeah. fucking shot, that which, sh- which I feel like has kind of become the dark man image. Yes, in a weird way online, where people like, do people know about this movie? Like, I've seen that image pass well, around just a like, lot. What incredible fucking expressionist is filmmaking that just feels like a, a weird Dicko splash page or something? Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just the bizarreness of that scene, Neeson's performance, like him understanding that there is comedy to this. And the comedy comes from me giving this the absolute greatest amount of Neeson gravitas. And doing it in this surrounding, this incongruous setting with this guy over this elephant, and then the graphics behind me, like, amping it up even more. What are you looking at me askance? It makes sense that he's dark, man. Yeah, he is dark. Because he needs to be in the dark. Dr. Pitman. Mm-hmm. 
He's out at night. If you it's just weird that Batman's Batman. Bats are like this big. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just like, like there was only like a few superheroes, and the guy Do was really like, wanna... "I'm nailing bats." <laughs> right. Do you want to go down this road, David? It's just weird that it's like they're bat. You know, I don't like bats. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I admire them or whatever. But like, if there was a yeah. bat coming at me, I would also go like. Ugh. Do you know who's also a Batman? Who? Doctor Michael Morbius. We don't say this enough. People like to describe him as a living vampire, but you watch that movie, he's kind of more of a bat man. He is a literal yeah. bat. And man, bat. Man. Batman doesn't ever use echolocation, does he? he well, squeak. you know, Nolan has <laughs> him Dr. Do Michael it. Morbius fucking does. Dr. Yeah. Michael Morbius, there's so many shots where they zoom in on his ears and the little hairs like prick up in his uh, ears. They, they, they do do that. I miss that trick. He's um, got Morbius hearing. But, um, but uh, you know, in the Nolan, in the Dark Knight, uh, Nolan has Batman have this like sonar device. Oh, yeah. Remember? Uh, okay. Which was kind of, it's I know bet. you don't love this. And you know, actually, Val Kilmer's Batman in Batman and, and Batman Forever uses a sonar thing once. He oh, yeah. do it with his own voice. He's like, that would be cool if he had to go like, what if, what if that's Pattinson's big note on a sequel? Like he comes in and he's like, okay, right now, now I'm going to do the full bat. At least one Batman has slept upside down, right? I'm not misremembering that. Yes, that's the Keaton bit. Yeah. Does he? I'm trying to yes. think. Or is I'm that not like a, a yogic thing to send no, it's, blood it's, to his brain? It's a, I mean, maybe, but it's a fucking gag. I love that in the first uh, Burton movie, uh, Vicky sleeps over and she wakes up in the middle of the night and he's not there and she looks and he's hanging upside down by his feet on the bedpost. Um, it rules. Yes, it does rule. Yeah. <laughs> Pattinson should do that shit. Anyway, I'm yeah. sorry for bringing up Batman. Uh, Darkman. What else does Darkman do? Can There's we do, the elephant. What? No, I was just going to say, can we do a full sort of fashion rundown of the look? Because I just think there are a lot of things going on here. Yeah. yeah let me um, pull up his entire... Right. I'm going to pull him up, too. Because I think right off the bat, the bandages yes. are great. Right. They're so Very Phantom of the Opera, and, but, but... And they start getting more raggedy. DIY. Right. And oh, a little yeah. mummy. The little other mummy. character he's kind of riffing on here is the Unknown Soldier. Sure. Who's the DC right, The Return character. of Martin Gaynor. Right. 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 Who had a similar uh, look with the bandages. He's it was got the same the bandages, thing of like, yeah. this guy who was assumed dead and can take on different identities. Yeah. But yeah, obviously, mm-hmm. bandage is crucial. Now, next, he's got a hat. But, a but let's also just say, like, the layout of the bandages are, is really good, Ben. Like you yeah. were saying, like, it's just sort of well, like, it's wrapped around the head, the eyes are exposed, and then it's like, it, it's. And there's a nose bridge bandage. Right. right. It's, it, yeah. It brings yeah. up kind of just like one, like, sort of like narrower strap up his nose. Uh, and he's then also got really, him on the hands. He's yes. got right. sometimes he has leather hands. gloves, but he also looks cool with fucking mummy. Hands. And they're all like, yeah, dangly. He doesn't and, steal like, new bandages. He doesn't, he doesn't replace his bandages. And like, are um, you worried no. about the dressing? I'm also worried a little bit. Like, you should have some some uh, antibiotic. They cream. get sores the yeah. longer the movie goes on. Like, they yeah. look rancid. Um, but I think the, I think the lines of the bandages are really good. And then as he fights more and the bandages come undone, whenever he has that sort of half-bandaged look, like anytime you see another inch of his face exposed. It's worse. It's always just well done. Yeah. 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 Uh, great long trench coat. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about Especially this. in the daytime when he's on the roof, he yeah. pops. Right. What do you call this thing? On this coat where it's like, it's got the weird shoulder thing. Do you know what I'm yes, saying? Yes, I do. It's like, like, the, like the, the cape thing? Yeah. It's like the, in, is it an Inniskillen? It's is that like, is like what Doctor what Sherlock Holmes had? Is right. It? Yeah. Correct. I don't right. remember the exact term, but it is for like the uh, a trench coat type yes. of coat. Yes. Right. They have those sometimes. Jet uh, black. Yep. Jet like black. this this bright red Oxford shirt underneath. Mm-hmm. Right. And then uh, how do you top it off, Ben? 
A little tilted fedora. Yeah, yeah a little hat. Yeah, yeah of course. Big hat, and, and sometimes switch it out for it out a metal sun. fucking funnel. Yeah. A rusty metal funnel. <laughs> and do a little dance for a monkey. Uh, do you think that's why Durant hates him? Because Durant really needs a hat yeah. for his weird little haircut. <laughs> and he's like, this fucker's got a great hat. And Durant describes it as my weird little haircut. <laughs> Get me a fucking hat for this weird little haircut. I know we talked about the teeth already. Also, I like just the one eye yes. being like more fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his mm-hmm. skin kind right. of like... Wait, it, is there it, something up with him? Is yeah. he okay? He got uh, <laughs> pushed into goo. And then <laughs> it, exploded. But, yeah. and no, it's tossed in the fucking... It's his uh, his teeth look yeah. terrible when he's dark, man. But then yeah. when he is Liam Neeson, Perfect. again, his, he brushes his teeth properly, yes. I guess. Right. And then somehow they become... It's a fair crush again. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to see the tooth machine. It's right. like popcorn. It's like, burp, burp, burp. Right. like they want it at a time and you have to load them in. The teeth like, only last 90 minutes. Uh, I love the gag whenever they do when the face is starting to deteriorate and they have whatever it is, like the sort of like the inflation of the prosthetics where the face yeah. starts bubbling. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. really Look. good. The, the, yeah, it, it's great the way they very bubbly skin. I actually think the, the, the little amoeba that you see in the microscope, yes. I think they achieve that effect really well. Yeah. Yeah, and it's unsettling whenever someone chases him and they're like, where'd the guy go? And they look on the ground and there's just flesh dissolving. Yeah. I like Darkman. Good guy. I, I'm pro Francis McDormand, even though this is a sort of, mm-hmm. you know, what I, I like Larry Drake. Mm-hmm. Enjoy Ted Raimi. Yeah. Big fan of uh, Eddie Black, played by Jesse Long. Colin Friels is Lewis Strack Jr. A little underwhelming. Not doing a lot for me. No. No offense to the man. Thankless. And I wonder, you know, like, I wonder about an actor in his position at that point. In, He's in married time. to Judy Davis? Uh, that's right. He's They're Australian. still married. He's been married longer than He's I've been Australian. alive. No, he's Scottish born, but Australian raised. Ooh. A lethal combination. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I no, mean, this is the kind of thing where you. Uh, he it's just a poison feels, pill, right? You get this. You get this. And gig it's tough because he's like the, the final boss, and you're like, no, you aren't. You know, like. Right. You know, I like, think it's hard to do something interesting with this part, but also yeah. his performance is a little bit off the rack. And it, mm. in order for this to have any juice, you kind of know from the moment he's set up, this guy's going to be a problem. He doesn't exist just to take Francis McDormand out on chase dates, right? There right. has to be a reason he's in this movie. Right, you and they're want, trying to hide it, but you're like, you can't hide well, it. Well, unless it's a little in, in, more uh, seductive and charming. I like the way they did in Venom where the, the, the other guy mm. is actually kind of a great guy. Mm. That is right. one of the funniest things about Venom. Yeah. And that they keep it up in Venom 2 is really yeah. funny. Yeah. He's still around and he's like, all right, What's the matter with you? I'll help you out. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Excellent. Choice, I think. Um, Incredible choice. This guy has the power of amazing balance, too, because you find out at the very end that he used to go and work on on building sites and that he has amazing balance. He's doing like pirouettes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I do obviously like Darkman killing him. I love it. Because Strack tries to be like, you would never. Right. Come on, like you're a good but guy. That's the thing. And like, yet, you, I, yeah. I don't see what he bases his. You would never do. It's such true a because thing. The Darkman seems thing. crazy. I would definitely yeah. not yeah. be like, you're. Come on, let me appeal to your rational heart. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Bandaged goo man. Well, it, right. It, it, but he's more even doing that provoking way, where it's like you it's don't true. have it in you because yeah. you know that you're. And whereas I would have all been all about like, listen, this is an important moment in your life right mm-hmm. now. You've got to make a decision about who you're going to be from from this point on. Even though Are, you're dangling yeah. like by one right. foot. Yeah. Yeah, what kind of person to, are you're you? dangling like right. a, a Neeson? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Is the weird like? I mean, we we recorded our Simple Plan episode, which hasn't come out yet. But I was sort of comparing it to the Evil Dead movies, in that all of them are about this sort of. And I think this is a, a theme with Remy. It's like 
is there a moment that can fundamentally break a person to the point of no return, whether it's an act of choice or a thing that happens to a traumatic thing. Mm. And like, how do you recover from that? And can your humanity be restored from that? You know, these sort of like biblical sort of uh, Mm -hmm. things that can be thrust upon a person. And it's interesting that Spider-Man is the ultimate like, with great power comes great responsibility. Course, right. Here's a guy who a thing happens to, and he constantly rises to the occasion. Right. Mm-hmm. He struggles. He has internal drama. But that but he is ultimately he, has he, such his, a clear. That's why Stanley is so brilliant. With right. That. Like it's like mm. this guy's superpowered, and I'm like, love it. I would love to be superpowered. Right. And he's like, but you see, what's important is he decides to use it like responsibly well, and decides to you know not just use it frivolously. Up until that point, almost every Raimi story had this sort of like Edgar Allan Poe-esque like, and then they never recovered. <laughs> right. You know? And I do think there's this thing to Darkman where his final thing is he's like, no, what I just realized in letting that guy die is like, I'm fucking Darkman now. He is Darkman. I can't man. go back uh-huh. to just pretending to be Dr. He's Peyton everyone Wesley. and no one. He's everyone and no one. He's everywhere and nowhere. We should mention that too. I know we've said this in other episodes, mm-hmm. but originally when Raimi was setting this up, he was like, obviously it will star Bruce Campbell. Like uh, my assumption is I mm. always work with Bruce Campbell. Yes. Yeah, so, so Bruce Campbell, of course, very sort of talked about it yeah. at a certain point is like, Sam, I have to step out of the way you are going to sabotage your career, insisting yeah. on me being the star of all your movies. Like mm. I'm yeah. not, Mm. But it's like incredibly noble, very touching friend thing. Of course, it gets repaid on the next movie with Army of Darkness. But of course, Bruce Campbell does show up as we're as you're referencing the final the show of this movie. He's the new yep. Dark Man, right? right? He's his new face. It's kind of a cute little thing. The yeah. Shem thing, because I know we've thrown this turn around, but I haven't explained it. There's uh, Raimi, obviously, such a student of the Three Stooges. Yeah, Shemp, the the least loved Stooge, died, and they had these unfinished shorts that they had to get guys right. lookalikes. Sort of like yep. the Bella Lugosi dentist in Ed Wood, where you could shoot it from certain angles and fake the thing. And Raimi loved that so much in spotting the fake Shemp that he would, like, on the Evil Dead movies, be like, we lost this actor. Get someone else in there. Put a wig on him. Turn him from an angle. They're a fake Shemp. You fit him in. So you always see the credits. Shemp. It's a, these credit is the Shemp. Uh, Bruce Campbell Bruce Campbell is, is final yep. Shemp. Ah, that explains it. I was wondering. Right. So yep. he loves this idea of it, the the quick slapdash double thrown in for a specific mm-hmm. insert shot or whatever it is. And then Darkman is essentially a movie about Shemps. And he does sort of, like, give Bruce the honorific of, like, Especially the with, with the thing of, like, you were saying, like, okay, you can't be my movie star forever. Right. But little... Right. Now, yeah. did you see the additional thing I, I think did. JJ put in So here. Bruce Campbell's wife had just divorced him. Uh-huh. He said he was broke. He uh. didn't know what to do with himself. I guess it's 1990. Mm-hmm. He's not quite in like Briscoe Downing County Jr. yet, no. right? And so Sam is like, look, we're doing post on Darkman. I have all sorts of problems. We both love sound. The movie needed tons of sound effects. And so I made studio guy money voicing every criminal who fell to their death. He just would like scream his brains out for every, you know, uh, all of that. I love that. I love and, their friendship. That's really, yeah. Uh, there was a point where Sam was like, shit, I need dark man to yell Julie. And he looked at him and said, get in the booth. <laughs> so a lot of that. What? Yeah. yeah. So mm. a little bit of the dark man ADR is Campbell. And I said, I think he did it for foreign countries as well. Yeah. He did the television looping, whatever oh, that means. Oh, when they have right. to go over curse words. Sure. Right. Right. Wait, like Chris just did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He said, donut. All right, so yeah, some of the post production stuff. Monkey fighting. Hanukkah. Uh, right. Uh, Universal insisted it be at least 95 minutes long, and Raimi was like, okay, you drama queens, yeah. fine. I'll give you 10 more minutes. Um, but they also brought in their own editor, mm-hmm. Bud Smith. Uh, they tried to get Sam out of the process. 
um, and uh, wanted to cut it into a romance movie. Why are you making? I feel why am like I making? Why, why, why did I just? Why did my body just yeah. go limp yeah. as, as I heard I, about I, someone I, bringing in an editor? It seemed like you were melting. A I don't know. Bit it's down. almost as though I like. I remembered another. It's sort of this weird thing where like it didn't test amazing <laughs> Sam's <laughs> version. Yeah. But then the more Universal meddled with it, the test right. scores were just right. going down. It was one of these <laughs> things where they were like, it tested like in like the high sixties, low seventies, or whatever, and they were like, the sixties. Fuck. Can we punch it up? So then they bring in the wrong guys. We're in the twenties. 50 and they're like let's cut it some more 43 like they were like every single test went down and they would not give us back control of the movie this is the fucking turn on this story that i cannot believe robert taper is this what you're talking about yeah. without studio approval cooked up a scheme to bring the film closer to the director's vision which remained secret to the public for 30 years this, so this interview is from 2020 uh taper says i don't mind saying this now sam will probably be unhappy but the studio said there's nothing we can do to save this picture, let's lock this awful cut. Right. Like, so this insane thing, we've talked mm, about this mm. before, but where like studio executive development people refuse to move backwards. So if you're like, we had mm -hmm. a movie that was testing right. better two months yep. ago. Yep. We refuse to release that earlier cut. We have to release the latest one, our lowest Which testing tests thing. Worse, and we're right. just deciding we're giving up and just that's what goes out. So yes. they locked picture. He knew there was a deadline. Like they're going to lock picture tomorrow at 10 p.m. Or, or, or it has to be delivered by Friday at 9 a.m. or whatever it was. So then Sam's editor, Bob Mur Mur Murawski. Yes, who's like his editor through the Spider-Man movies, Drag Me to Hell. All yes, that. he's yeah. not credited on this movie, obviously. Yeah. Uh, said there's a much better movie we could do. So they spent 48 hours recutting the entire movie, added nine minutes back in, Things that preview preview audiences had maybe like you know whatever rejected. Right, and so they were Universal like, "Who gives a like, shit? Trust go. This is the best version of the movie." They locked it. Universal. They didn't tell anybody. Universal comes to watch it after the mix, and they were like, "What the fuck? You're not allowed to do this." And they were like, "Nothing to be done. Negatives been cut. Critic screenings are in 48 hours." Mm -hmm. And Universal was like, "Okay," and they just had to release it. But they also said Tom Pollock, who was the wow. head of Universal at that time, like screamed at them. Was like yeah. fucking irate. Like they truly just like swapped out. They did a switcheroo. They did a Amazing. switcheroo and just made them watch it. And they were like, what the fuck happened? And like Ozymandias, they were like, the print went out yesterday. There's exactly. nothing we can do. Uh, Sam on his own, Tapert says, probably would not have done it. But I am that kind of guy. Yeah. Couldn't do, do it, it today, physically. No, because, you right. physically... Yeah, they, so those 48 hours must have been gnarly, yeah. first of all, because you're cutting actual film. This is pre-Avid. Yeah. If you did it today, you just go back to version Right, seven, just be like, eight, call, call up Friday's yeah. version. Right. Yeah. That Man. is... Right, you're saying, like, they actually are, like, there's film strip. There is film yeah. strip. It's gone. Would you do it's it just there. a little scissors like you, you did all that? Snip, snip. Would tape? I... Whatever it is, whatever it is they do in there. Snip, snip. Would I would, would I make that sound? Would yeah, I, sure. Would I, no, actually, I don't know. Yeah. When, when you were starting, you were still editing on film, right? No. No? Like American For, Pie was American Pie was, was avid, was a very slow avid, but okay. we still had to send out things like dissolves right. to the lab for oh, opticals. That's funny. Right? Okay. So you couldn't, you couldn't right. dissolve. It couldn't render the dissolves quickly enough. Huh. Hey, Larry Drake, Durant himself. Sure. I did a rewatch of the, the four theatrical films recently, and I... The fourth theatrical American Pie movie, correct? Oh so Pie Pie Two, Wedding Reunion, correct? Right? Okay. Yeah. Is Larry Drake and in, in Larry Jake plays the father of the girl that Jim sleeps with at the beginning of the movie, where the bit is first college hookup, American and Pie Two visiting day. 
in American Pie 2. Yes, I yes. know you didn't yeah, direct yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just. He's but Chris, you're a producer on this movie. You had a lot going on in that movie, right? <laughs> yeah. We were in. You had your fingers uh, deep in the pie. We right? were. <laughs> We were in London shooting about a boy. My executive producing functions on that were minimal. Director of that film was, of course, J.B. Rogers. J.B. Rogers, fantastic guy. Um, Our first AD on American Pie. I just think that's a funny sequence. It was the trailer for the movie. I do remember that sequence. That was the big one they were selling sequence. Right, yeah. Right, Jim's like awkwardly trying to hook up for the first time since Michelle, and he's like really nervous about it. He's in college. And it's parent visiting day, and one by one, everyone walks there. And Durant is the final hook of him going and going, (laughs) oh my word, what's happening here? I just like him as like irate, scary dad you don't want to see when you're in bed with a naked woman. <laughs> well, I remember I saw that movie in Old Forge, New York, which is in the Adirondacks with like my cousins. Mm-hmm. I must have been yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah. So when is American Pie 2? Is it 2001? Yeah. So I must have been 15. Yeah. And I was like, I just remember packed house. Yeah. We were on summer vacation. Or pandemonium. Fucking pandemonium. Yeah. Like that movie could have literally just been <laughs> Stifler throwing up for 90 minutes and people would have just been like, this is great. Yeah. It's just like that movie, I don't think hangs together perfectly. I, I would I say like in it. my memory, but, uh, but, but I'm yeah. not just saying this. I, I think, know you didn't I make think this one movie, is the so best. I think one is the best. I'm going to watch all four in <laughs> one evening. I think I was recovering well, from surgery and for whatever reason, I was like, I'm going to watch all four American Pies. You were on strong painkillers. <laughs> yes. And Chris, one, one was famously put on in my math class when I was 14 years old what? at the end of school when it was one of those days where it's like there's only a week left to school oh my goodness and my math teacher mr naj was a sweet sweet man who i think let some kid talk him into american pie it's It's about kids right Right. and then when when it got to the scene where he comes twice in front (laughs) of shannon elizabeth i remember mr naj just doubled over laughing (laughs) at his desk being like twice like like it got him you know what's funny you talk about what a cultural phenomenon the movie was and how two was greeted with like our our heroes have returned from we get to see our friends again Right. right two is like maybe the only other movie i can think of that does the Downton Abbey movie approach where the poster doesn't have <laughs> actors' names above it. The poster it for two the, is the, the entire Jim, cast is Jim, Stifler, Stifler Nodder, yeah. right. St- Jim's dad. The like Shermanator. It's, it's right. Yeah, it's just like yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. 15 names as if it's Avengers Endgame. But it's <laughs> have just you, Have you seen roles. the Downton Abbey A New Era trailer? Yes. Do you know that Hugh Bonneville says you're the captain now to Michelle Dockery in that trailer? Wow. <laughs> Have you picked up on that? Yeah. yeah. What if I watch that and only that? Like, I've never yeah, seen an episode of the it. show. I didn't see the first movie. What if you, I just go you'll into it? You'll like, get it. I'll get it. People, marketing shows that people like uh, uh, teams reuniting, especially if it's under a captain. Right. Yes. Like, okay. So can we fit that in? Can so, show, yeah. Who can be the captain now? Okay. Barkat Opti should be part of. He should be. Abby. He should. He should go to Downton. <laughs> and Gene Hackman also. That should be the yes. end. The and, end and credits Denzel. cookie of Downton Abbey should be like her sitting in her captain's chair, putting on her hat, going like, "Okay, I think I'm finally settling to this role as captain." Dinghy, he like, walks out of the shadows up. and goes, "Excuse me, I'm the captain now." The movie came out. Darkman. Yeah. Just going to wrap this up. Sure. In August, late August, 1990. A, a classic spot for a movie like this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, came okay. Out, uh, at night or in the afternoon? <laughs> yeah, I think it came out at night. I don't the know. The first film to be given no matinees. Um, <laughs> open number one, $8 million. Mm-hmm. Everyone was happy. Yeah. It was truly like a fuck you, Universal. You were yeah. wrong. People wanted to see this. Yeah. Everyone made money. It got pretty good reviews. Uh, it spawned direct-to-video sequels, as mm-hmm. we've discussed. Uh, I do like Sam Raimi's quote here, which is, as a writer, I'm thrilled the Darkman character lives on. 
as a director, I'm horrified someone has taken my baby and made money selling him to children. Mm -hmm. And as a producer, I think it's good for Universal to be doing this because they're taking their assets and making quality pictures for the video crowd. Well, so it's like the three sides of Raimi, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, how do you do you get checks on American Pie Eight or whatever? Like, because no. Raimi does. That's what he's saying. He's like, I can't deny I'm making money. A Adam Hurst no. does, right? Is that I hope name? he does. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh. We we get checks on American Pie Two because you have right, but, but but Beyond not after that, that. No. Right. You don't. You don't get Bandcamp. You don't get Girls Rule. You don't get Book of Love. No. You don't get Naked Mile. No. We were <laughs> We were Does offered the pie lobby sort of kickback to you guys. Um, cherry, yeah. Every time cherry, every apple, time someone has sex with a pie, I get one cent. So I encourage <laughs> yeah. people to do. I I will say I fucked the pie the other day and immediately got a Venmo request from you. Yeah, yeah. it was like immediate. The second after I came, it was like right there. These things are carefully. I have to give Chris a penny. Um. Anyway, all right. Let's do the box office game for August twenty fourth, nineteen ninety. Number one at the box office, Griffin. It's Darkman. Darkman. Eight million dollars. A monster. Think? The final gross, 32. Yeah. 50 worldwide. Yeah. Everyone's happy. I think huge home video cable movie. Like you said? Yeah. Hmm. Big HBO movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. Number two at the box office. It's the phenomenon of the summer. It's been out for seven weeks. It's going to win two Oscars. Be nominated for Best Picture. Is it Ghost? It's Ghost. Yeah. Uh, what if there was a ghost? I'll say yeah. this. I found Ghost to be a pretty good first wordle guess oh yeah sure i've been fair using enough. ghost a fair amount i use sonar i use that's, that's pretty red cool. i was using audio <laughs> i was using audio and i was advised maybe you're using too many, too vowels. many vowels yeah so oh, by ghost... the way do you remember the famously difficult one noel k-n-o-l-l <gasps> yeah that was wrong that was nasty i got that in two babies. all right Fucker. i the, looked down with I, my first guess i, I got beaten up by guess. watch the one that beat up a lot of people i did the classic like Catch, match. Oh, <laughs> like, you know, I kept guessing other actors. I had one uh, of those yeah. the other that, day. That is a tough one. Yeah, so. where I had four out of five and the third one was the one I didn't have. And mm. I was like, it could be four things and I have three guesses left. Ghost. What do you think of Ghost? I really liked Ghost when I saw it. I haven't seen it in 20 years. I would I, I, I know I, now 30, I could be like, this is years. super schlocko. Yeah. But, but you know what? He was a ghost. Let it lie. Remember it well. Yeah. I've never seen ghosts. And You've I've, never seen ghosts? I've always had the suspicion that I would love it. The thing with Ghost, in my opinion, and it's yeah. been a while since I've seen it, is the stuff where he's a ghost and this sort of weird, like the subway train, mm -hmm. like Patrick Swayze walking around yeah. stuff, is pretty well done. Yeah. And it's kind of a weird, creepy movie in ways. The romance stuff is so hard on sleeve, straightforward. But I'm a mm. It's easy to mock. And a contrarian and a goose. Tony Goldwyn in and the, then of course uh, Whoopi Kills you know, role, right? right? The, the the good looking Tony Goldwyn is the villain. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. He has a nasty death mm. that kind of traumatized me as a kid. Spoiler mm. alert! For what happens to him? Does he get ghosted? He gets like <laughs> impaled on a broken he just window. Keeps texting and he's like, "Are you on vacation impaling. or something?" Uh, and then a bunch of ghosts grab him. It's cool. Impaling also very big. Uh, missing elevators, mm. quicksand, impaling. Impaling yeah. is a big yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number three. Speaking of ghosts, is another mm. movie about death. It's another movie about death. Starring a lot of hot young actors. Oh, Flatliners. Ooh, I know this. Uh, 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 Flatliners. Yes, it's Flatliners. Yes! You, you somehow didn't hear Griff say it, so you I got it. Oh, I said it quite No, you got it. You You're got so it. fast. You got no, it on. No, that's okay. It's Flatliners. No, 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 no. Don't but give me the cast me. of Flatliners in, in 1990 with their feathered hair. Kiefer. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. Julia. Julia Roberts. Patrick in this as well? No. Kevin no. Bacon. Right. Billy Baldwin. Right. And the sexiest of them all. Oliver Platt. Mm. They're all flatlining. They're all flatlining. That's a Schumacher. 
It was a, it was a real it was an epidemic in America. The kids today can't stop flatlining. Uh, They're have, calling it flatlining. Have not seen flatliners in a very long time. Don't really remember flatliners. What do you think of flatliners? Uh, I think it was bad. I thought it was bad when I saw it. You know what I watched recently? Another box check for me. Mm. St. Elmo's Fire, another Joel Schumacher oh. movie. That movie is fucking terrible. You gave that yeah. like a stinky one sure. star on Letterboxd, right? And like you want, I think I did. And you watch it and you're like, I guess I can see how this was like a mini culture phenomenon or whatever, but it's so yeah. bad. Mm. It's like a real, like if I'm a Gen Xer, I'm like, what the fuck? This is, this is the movie of my generation. But then we were I terrible. both agree, Schumacher has movies that fully rule. He was oh, a very odd, inconsistent filmmaker. Well, but, but he took big swings. He's encouraging yeah. a lot of big emotion, I think, on yeah. set most of the time. And sometimes uh, that matters. Yeah. Some All right. Uh, number four at the box office. Mm-hmm. It's a legal thriller that I believe we discuss on a future episode hmm. that is really good. Hmm. Major movie star. It's a really good legal thriller that we it. discuss on a future episode. Yeah. It's not The Firm, yeah. although that is a great film. And it's not The Verdict. It's, it's not The Verdict. Right. Uh, by the way, you were right the other day. That is One an amazing film. Yeah, okay. unbelievable. One of the greatest movies ever made. Um, it's a major, major we movie. We just discussed it. I think we discussed it yesterday. Yeah, we my time bleeds plan together. yesterday. Oh, uh, uh, fuck! Is it is it Billy Bob in? Is that why we why it came up? Don't think so. Is Polly Shore in it? No, it's really it's probably the number one movie star. That was my other guess. The number one movie star in America. The number one movie star. In, it's a few good men. Nope, not Tom Cruise. Tom Hanks. Nope. Who's the number one movie? Harrison star? Harrison Ford. Oh, presumed innocent. Presumed. Harrison Ford is being presumed innocent. Mm. Yes, our guest brought this up. Is that that the one, though, where his wife removes a used condom? Bonnie Bedelia takes his condom. Cum burglars. That's a a (laughs) future joke. (laughs) Yes. um, But yeah, Dennehy, Raul Julia. That's a call forward for our listeners. Um, uh, Classic, uh, you know, Harrison Ford's like, I had sex and I regret it movie. Hashtag Mm -hmm. cum burglars. I want people building anticipation of number five at the, the box office. This joke going to be okay. Okay, sorry. Is a comedy mm. written by someone we've discussed on this podcast. Okay, um, that is sort of famously. Well, I'm not going to say more, but it stars hmm. two comedy icons, and we discussed the writer. Yeah, the writer is not a performer. No, she's a director, but she didn't direct this. She's a director. She didn't direct this. She did write it. She did write it. it stars two comedy. Icons. It's not my blue heaven, is it? It's my blue heaven. We, Steve Martin, Rick Moranis. We brought her up today? No, not today. I'm just saying she, we oh. discussed her. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, we confused. Confused. My wife and children were allowed into the Music Man, albeit late. So that's Okay. Yes. There you go. They missed the first number or whatever. Yeah, but isn't that like one of the best ones? Isn't uh, that Gary and oh, Indiana? No. Broadway, Gary they always phone the first yeah. number. Gary and Indiana comes later. Right. You oh, know, the it? 11 okay. o'clock okay. number, that's your... Yeah. All right. Okay. right. Poopy, I, you know. The first number, oh, tro- the first number in that show in is City. like, no, no. See, that's when he entered. I'm saying the first number in that show is something like, this town is normal. Nothing, <laughs> nothing happens here. No music men to be No sort of personality. <laughs> they might do an encore. Yeah. They'll do the first song or something. You could ask. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. That could be like, excuse me. Hey, Michael Bay style. Ask them yeah. to roll it back and do your From favorite part. the top. Um, first number in the Music Man, of course, is Rock Island. Yeah, see what I'm saying. This look is, how fast you are on the keyboard. I know it's insane. Number Jeez. six at the box. It's office. one of those numbers where they're like, "This is our town." It's it's fine. They missed okay. number okay, six okay. at the box Fair office enough. is The Exorcist Three, which we will discuss on this fucking podcast yep. one day. God oh, damn it! Great Exorcist Three trivia mm-hmm. is that okay? 
What famous Knicks player appears in The Exorcist 3? Well, let's see. It's 1990. Mm-hmm. Bernard Patrick King? Ewing. Patrick Ewing okay. plays the angel of really? death in a dream sequence. Oh, yes, I do know this. Yeah, I do know that, too. I just that does took a ring guess. Because he was at Georgetown at the time, yep. of course. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. He was just truly the only 90s Knicks player I could name. I got lucky on that one, but now I remember. Yeah, um, number seven enough. is uh, Men at Work. Charlie Sheen and Emilio sure. Estevez are at work. I just want to call out, not to move backwards, but just because any time I get the chance, I like to remind people. I'd like to move forwards, but okay. There is a movie written by Nora Ephron that is essentially a sequel to Goodfellas yes, in which Steve Martin what, plays. I was gonna, that was going to mm. be my clue. Is like, yes. It's like kind of a comedy companion to a movie. But when you tell I was people like, that, they just, cannot fucking believe it. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Number eight of the box office. And they come out the same year. Yeah. Number eight of the box office is, of course... James Belushi, Charles Grodin. What are they doing? Mr. Destiny? No. No, they're taking Fuck. care of business. Taking care of business. That was the clue. What are they doing? They're what are they doing? Every day. Uh, number Jim nine. So many comedies. Kind of a forgotten, but I mean, when I was a kid, a cable classic mm. in a way, Air America, Mel Gibson, oh, Robert Downey yeah. Jr. Right. Uh, smuggling heroin by mistake, maybe, into like South into America. Laos. No, into Vietnam. Into, mm. Right. Yeah. Tim Thomerson. Is, is that the director? No, Tim Thomerson is a sort of B-movie actor. Incredible name. Usually has a kind of a handlebar mustache. Yes, he is in it. Wow. Yeah. Tim Thomerson, well-known for his work as Jack Death in the Trancers film series. Mm. Yeah, well-known. Uh, <laughs> number 10, Nick, Nick Rogue's The Witches terrified an entire generation. A uh, film that was remade perfectly. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's your top 10. So it's a weird top 10 it's where it's like, 10. you know, Ghost and Exorcist yeah. and stuff where they're hanging out. Nothing really is new except for Dark Man and Men at Work. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Dark Man got good, to good eat. Good week to come out, right? Uh, yeah, the next weekend. Soft. Dark Man gets to overperform. The yeah. next weekend, Ghost gains Jumps back. 33% and yeah. takes number one back. Ghost was such a fucking Dark phenomenal. Man holds. Dark Man yeah, makes yeah, the exact yeah. same amount of money. Yeah. But Ghost just surges again. In week six? In week eight. Fuck. The week after that, yeah. Ghost still on top. In week yeah. nine, finally, it's knocked off in week 10 by Postcards from the App. Yeah. It's anyway. wild. People just like, it, it was one of those things. I mean, it just doesn't really happen anymore in the same way. Mm. But the Titanic thing where people were just like, the emotions this movie makes me feel, I need to go back and experience it again. Right? Where it was like this element yeah. of rewatchability of just like this thing fucking grabbed my heart mm-hmm. and I want to have that catharsis over and over and over again. I like pottery. People loved pottery in the 90s. They did. And Unchained Melodies. Yes. Mm. The melodies had been so chained for that decades leading up to yeah. it. These burdened melodies. Ugh, so burdened. David should has we, um, closed the lap. I've yeah, closed I the lap. Wrap, wrap it up. Yeah, you think we should end the episode? Yeah, I think so. Chain this melody. Chain this melody. Chris. You guys. What a thank, guy. Thank you for what having me. What a guy. Wait, see, you're the best. Person. Glad to have you back. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be here. And uh, what is the name of this place? The Hausoleum. The Hausoleum. The Hausoleum. Yeah. It's great to be here. Um, I, I just want to call it because we've talked about this on the show before, but for people who don't know, it's announced that you and your brother are going to make a movie about the production of Spanish Dracula. We will. Which is one of my favorite, like, fucking weird objects in film history. And which your grandmother was. Uh, my grandmother actor. starred in it. Yes. Uh, my, my, my grandmother was a silent film actress who was, who was recruited from Mexico. Lupita Tovar? Hmm? Lupita, Lupita Tovar. Tovar. Yes, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, and uh, And was uh, brought to America to be in silent films. And then like in the movie The Artist, uh, the talkies came along. She was shit out of luck, but she was dating my grandfather who uh, worked at Universal and convinced Carl Lemla to make uh, 
Spanish language movies on the sets of English language movies from midnight onwards while the American crews weren't working. It's like so. an incredible story and, a, and a, a, an amazing film. That's a brilliant idea. Right. Too. It is a really good idea. Yeah. Some people money say, and it too. seems Better, like such an obvious right. thing. That's than the, the Todd Browning right. movie because they actually like fixed its mistakes. They would watch the They could see dailies. Some people, especially me, my brother, and my uncle Pancho say that. <laughs> no, but I, I think that's like the film had been lost for a while and now it's back in like regular mm-hmm. circulation. It's easy to watch. And I think a lot of people believe that it's the superior film. The weird thing about the Todd Browning movie is there's no music. Mm. Have you seen the Todd Browning movie? Yes, yes, you know, yes, like, yes, yes. I went to a screening of it once and I, there's no score. There's the the mm. overture. The dun, 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 but like, but, but then like, once the movie starts, it's like deathly silent. And it's yes. just mm. kind of Dracula walking around and you're like, this is weird without a score. It's yeah. not bad. It's unsettling. But it is, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, right. It, it's and people uncovered. have like written scores for it post facto, but yeah. like, yep. that's different. Uh, anyway, I'm very excited to see it. I just feel like I've that's... I've never seen the Spanish version. Uh, it's great. Uh, and I think that project is the kind of nerdy shit that fans of this show will be very excited to see. Thank you. First, I'm going to make a horror movie. Yeah. I'm going to make a movie about a horror movie. Go but, make a um, horror movie. And then make I your will. meta horror movie. Are you making the vampire movie with your brother? Is that Yes. You? Okay. Yes. We're, we'll that's be cool. back together. Right. It'll be from the guys who brought you American Pie. Good movie. <laughs> it's been way. It's it's been too much of a singular from a guy. Did you get who money you if someone pie. says MILF. I'm not sure if that wasn't already established, and I, I think that would be Adam Hers if he he actually did that. Did you, did that movie invent MILF or is it just like popularized? I had milf? this debate with someone the other day. I think it wasn't you. I think I've had this conversation with someone else in the last. Week. All right, we don't need to talk about American Pie. I keep bringing it up. Dictionary and look at Chris has there. made a lot of good movies. I don't. Yeah. I shouldn't keep making. Yeah, bringing like, it up. literally just like just talking about this really like know, interesting, like, yeah, eloquent MILF. <laughs> can we talk about yeah, MILF first? Let's talk about your grandma yeah. and then yeah. Sorry, no, it's great. It's Thank you great. for being here. It's all great. great. It's great to Blank see you. Chest. You're the best. You're such a good uh, friend of the show. And yep. we're always happy to have you on. Main Doors always open. Doors when always open. You don't have to NYC. wedge your foot in. Uh, I don't. Maybe, maybe sometime in the summer. Do you okay. like Stanley Kubrick? Do I like Stanley Kubrick? Do you, you like fan of that guy? Stanley Kubrick? He is a god. Well, he won March Madness. What do you got? Barry what, Lyndon? What's your favorite? Sure. Is that your favorite? Yeah. Uh, it actually kind of is. Yeah. And yeah. I also think it's it's probably an underappreciated one. So... That won't probably block anybody else from some of the more like... Uh, Chris, people are crawling all Chris, over. We're getting, noted. Oh, Chris, we're Noted. They're, they're on Barry Lyndon? Chris, no, I don't know. Necessarily. No, we're, we're, just, we're, necessarily. Just, we're just hearing everybody's opinions. We're like, going to tell you something that. wild the second we stop recording. But, uh, but, but yes, look, let's, let's have your reps talk to our reps. We'll enter negotiations on potential Barry <laughs> Lyndon episode. We'll see if we can make the uh, the. How many black and white cookies does it take? It's a fair amount, but you yeah. brought you brought a good a good box today. Um, thank you for being here, and thank you. And I'm shifting my focus over to the person listening. For listening, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty for our social media, Alex Barron, AJ McKeon for our editing, Joe Bowen, Pat Rounds for our artwork, JJ Birch, Nick Lariano for our research, and for the first time ever, a little bit of editorializing. What are you talking about, Sam? Just a little, what you're talking about, Sam? He editorialized about Robert Tapert as well. I thought it was funny. <laughs> it was funny. I liked it. It changed again a little saucy. Thank you to Leigh Montgomery and the Great American Novel for our theme song. You can go to blankcheckpod.com for links to all the nerdy things around the show that we do. And you can go to patreon.com slash blankcheck for blankcheck special features where we're doing hashtag not all Batman movies that feature the Bartman. Or I guess is Matrix only? I don't know. I don't know where we are in this good. Whatever. Just listen. Go sign up. It's got good stuff, including paywalled Chris White's episodes from the past. Twilight commentary still, I still think that's one of the best things we've done. It's very kind. No, you, I agree. you should say, Griffin, yeah. that um, 
we are still doing the matrix okay. we're about to close out resurrections but um this month our bonus episode we're doing oh, the evil call. dead remake we did the evil dead remake yes right which uh yeah i think i think it's a fun episode we talk a lot about sort of the the state of horror remakes at that time and how things have shifted to legacy sequels and uh talk a little bit about ash versus the evil dead and all that sort of stuff if you like the evil dead episodes that's a fun thing to listen to you can tune in next week as we go back to Ash with Army of Darkness, guest Eva Anderson. It's a really fun episode. And as always, give me the pink fucking elephant.